Welcome to your sanity safe space with your favorite YouTube podcast duo. Skag3, whoever he is. Saving the millennial generation in weekly installments. You are a terrific team on all counts. Live from a castle tower and his mother's basement, this This is the Matt and Blonde Show. I'll lead an effective strategy to mobilize true international (laughs) depression. Bitch, you got coronavirus. Another hot topic of conversation will be vaccination status. And how do you handle that? Because it might be a difficult conversation before people step into your house to say, whoa, wait a minute, where's your card? What's your status? The rapid tests have made this a lot easier. Right. Whatever people's vaccination status is, we can actually confirm safety on the spot. So if it feels like it's going to be weird, maybe make it kind of fun. Say we're going to start with hors d'oeuvres in the garage. You know, we'll have drinks. Serious? We'll do our rapid test and then come on in, right? You can make it playful, make it fun, and then be able to enjoy the holiday because you're not worried about safety. All right. Yeah. Yeah, Lisa, you gave us some great options. Love it. I doubt it. You are fake news. You cannot be serious. Very fake news. Let's go, Brandon. I will eat your ass. I'll do it. All right. America, go to the YouTube right now. Also, big ups to Rebecca for keeping Matt woke. Congratulations to both of you. You're awesome. All right, go, go. Ten, five, four, three. I can't do it. We'll do it live. We'll do it live. Fuck it. Do it live. I can all write it and we'll do it live. Hello and welcome to the show. It is a great show. It is a terrific show. It is a tremendous show, frankly. The best you can ask anyone about that. People often do, I'm told. This is the Matt and Blonde Show. My name is Matt Christensen. I'm flanked on my right, as always, by my wonderful co-host, Blonde. Welcome. Hello. Well, how was your Thanksgiving? It was good. I'm still full. Well, that is the goal, I suppose. Congratulations. How about you? Uh, Calvin's first Thanksgiving was a great success. And Grandma and Grandpa gave my wife and I uh, a little bit of a break yesterday to enjoy some time off. We did a little shopping and we went out to lunch and we stopped at one of Montana's uh, only four Popeyes in the entire state. Uh, This one in Billings. And I ate there once before and it was just okay. And you had instructed me to return to sample, not the chicken sandwich as I had done the first time, but the spicy chicken sandwich, which I did this time. And um, I also tried the nuggets. They were fine. But I got to say, you were right. The spicy chicken sandwich, legendary. It's true. Um, although I did have one a few months ago that was so spicy. It was uh, almost inedible. <laughs> Too spicy for blonde. All right. Yeah. It it's was- been achieved. Uh, I would give Chick-fil-A the overall edge, but that spicy chicken sandwich might be the single greatest item among that competition. Yeah. All right. Anyway, which, of course, is why everyone tunes into this show, Chicken Sandwich Debates. But I wanted to give credit where due. And I hope you in the audience all had a, a fantastic Thanksgiving holiday as well. We'll recap the week's news as we always do. We might be a little bit shorter tonight, though. Um, I anticipated that earlier in the day. And then, as always, I fill out the show notes and... You know, it's probably going to be 
the usual tour. So we'll see. But uh, we'll talk all the news, including the latest coronavirus uh, coronavirus variant is here. And of course, you better be very, very scared. It's more how transmissible. Scared are you? It's, how scared am I? Mm. Uh, I am. What's the opposite of scared? I want to conduct a crusade against the people who are scared. How would you phrase <laughs> that? Yeah. But it's Agreed. it's more transmissible. Your monoclonal antibodies are futile, 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 whatever the pronunciation. You can't go with those against this. And it's going to get your kids. That's all the propaganda that's uh, that's coming out this weekend. And Dr. Fauci will admit that's all speculation. We don't actually know anything, but you'll be relieved to know the one and only safety that you have is what else to get the vaccine and to get infinite boosters that will keep you safe from the Omicron variant. (sighs) Plus, we'll catch up with the week's crime news, the Waukesha uh, attack or the accident, depending on your news source. The smash and grab spree in California has resulted in the murder of a security guard in Oakland, apparently. So uh, I haven't seen a lot of uh, reporting on that, but that's that happened within the last couple of days. And then after Rittenhouse, we have another self-defense case caught on video or at least claimed <laughs> self-defense case. This is a child yeah. custody dispute uh, in Texas that results in a father shot dead on another man's property. And so far, police are believed to be calling this a case of self-defense, though it's still under investigation. A lot of considerations and debate in that one. Even if it is probably legally square, mistakes were made. And uh, it's on worth a look. Sides. Yeah. Uh, plus, we'll have hoax, hate, surprise, cringe. And the movie review tonight is the much-anticipated Starship Troopers and of course, we'll catch up with your super chats in between topics, 10 bucks and up on the Sunday show, because we are no good low down money grabbers. We'll get to as many as we can before 1130 p.m. Eastern time. It'll be all this and more in your favorite couple hours of listening material. Remember, you can find everything show related and support the show over on the website. That's MattChristensenMedia.com. Don't forget the show store is up and running. We have T-shirts, we have hats, we have mugs, we have great gifts and stocking stuffers for that friend fan of the show that you have uh plus we have great offers from uh friendly listener owned businesses as well this week's feature business is our friends over at two a jerky company and what better gift can you give this christmas than high quality beef jerky that supports your right to bear arms we all have that grouchy old man or someone else in our lives who already has everything but we still need to get them a gift for christmas or a birthday or whatever the occasion may be Get them a gift they will actually enjoy. Delicious and tender beef jerky that fights gun-grabbing leftists. Use promo code MATT10 for 10% off. Uh, that's 10% off your entire order with 2A Jerky Company. Of course, all orders ship free as well. So go to 2ajerky.com to support the second. That's 2ajerky.com to support the second. Promo code MATT10 for 10% off your order. And all orders always ship free. You can find everything you need from 2A Jerky Company, plus other great offers from the rest of our friendly listener owned businesses, including Charity Swipes, Hero Soap Company, Freedom Hill Coffee, and more. And MattChristensenMedia.com slash deals. Deals for listeners by listeners. Uh, a reminder that the uh, the call-in show will return this Wednesday, December 1st, after a two-week hiatus, or three weeks at that point. Thank you for your patience. We appreciate that. And we will uh, take your calls at, at usual time on Wednesday. And I did have uh, an, a brief update in the Rittenhouse case because we've talked we've talked all of that to death. But uh, 
There is a, a brief update from a whiskey company, a whiskey company related to the Rittenhouse case. And I, I happen to have a little bit of this whiskey. So when my son was born in September, friend and longtime listener of the show, Michael Schlecht, uh, sent me a care package to welcome me to Daddum, uh, which was a selection of samples of uh, his finest preferred whiskeys. And included in this selection was a single shot. It's going to be hard to read. Maybe you can read it. Little out of focus, little blurry. Rittenhouse Rye. Rittenhouse Rye. Uh, straight Rye Whiskey. And on the back, oh, of course, uh, Pray for Kyle. Pray for <laughs> Kyle is written on the back of it by our friend Michael Schlecht. And Michael and I had planned to enjoy this whiskey and some of the others um, to celebrate the acquittal of Kyle Rittenhouse. But our schedules didn't really align, so we haven't been able to do it. Which brings us to this story. Because there is a distillery, and it is called uh, Heaven Hill Distillery. They make this Rittenhouse rye. They posted on Twitter this week, they are disheartened to learn that some individuals are using Rittenhouse rye to celebrate the Rittenhouse verdict Despite the profound loss of life, there is no link between Rittenhouse Rye Brand and Kyle Rittenhouse. There is no cause for celebration, but instead deep reflection on how we can make a world more peaceful and respected by all. Because, of course, when I think whiskey, I think peacemaking and absolutely no problems oh, yeah. whatsoever. Uh, absolutely no wives beaten with whiskey. Absolutely no bar fights because of whiskey. Absolutely no DUIs. No. Yeah. None of that. So um, since they disavow, I figured I would take the opportunity to enjoy an officially celebratory shot of Rittenhouse Rye on the record to enjoy Kyle's acquittal and victory in court. Now, I don't have a proper shot glass. I did pour it in here, but we'll just go ahead and take it out of whatever glass this is. Not a whiskey guy, as you can tell. Cool. <laughs> That was a rough one. Resume composure. Oh. I get it. <laughs> uh, consuming their product to own them for their politics is not much of a dunk. That's not really what I'm trying to do. You already had it. It's okay. Um, but I, I do it to mock the company. And I just want to illustrate the truth for this company. Um, this was a way for thousands of people to become aware of your brand. Now, maybe you didn't design it that way. But thousands of people consumed your whiskey because of coincidence, happenstance. You didn't have to intervene in that. You didn't have to endorse Kyle Rittenhouse. You didn't have to uh, join in the celebration. All you had to do was enjoy the increase in business. And yeah. I've never heard a liquor company vetting the reasons that people consume their liquor. Oh, yeah, it's shut up. <laughs> it's only if you do it for this purpose that we endorse. Come on, man. What are we doing? So, uh... Anyway, I'm glad to enjoy the official Kyle Rittenhouse celebration. And of course, thanks to Michael Schlecht for his kind and longtime support for the show. Uh, you want to help me? I need some water. Oh, <laughs> that God. Was, this, that, that was, was just difficult a, to watch. That was a nasty one. I'm sorry, Michael, but you know, whiskey is not whiskey is not my forte. Ooh. And now we got to talk about a difficult, uh, a difficult topic as well. I got to get into the Ahmad Arbery case. Which, um, well, it's now officially a conviction for the McMichaels and their neighbor and friend, William Roddy Bryan. This is the father and son, Gregory and Travis McMichael, 
Uh, all of them charged with various charges, including murder in the case mm-hmm. of the killing of jogger Ahmad Arbery in February 2020. The uh, conviction is official as of Wednesday. The indictment of the three men charged them each with nine counts, including one count of malice murder, four counts of felony murder, two counts of aggravated assault, one count of false imprisonment, and one count of criminal attempts to commit a felony. In this case, false imprisonment. Now, Travis was convicted on all nine counts. This is the son who actually had the shotgun, the shotgun that shot he shot uh, Ahmad Arbery with and ultimately killed him. Uh, Gregory, the father, was convicted on all counts except malice murder. So the idea, the distinction between the malice murder here and the felony murder, one is murder in the traditional sense. We, you intentionally unlawfully killed a person. Felony murder means you were committing a felony against a person. Think Derek Chauvin. They went after him for that. You were committing a felony against a person that resulted in their death and therefore is legally treated as a murder. So the father didn't get the malice murder, but he did get everything else. And Roddy Bryan, the neighbor who filmed everything, uh, was convicted on three counts of felony murder. So minus malice murder, minus one felony count of murder or one count of felony murder for him. Uh, one count of aggravated assault, one count of false imprisonment, and one count of criminal attempt to commit a felony. Okay. Now, as far as what's going to happen here, malice and felony murder both carry a minimum sentence of life in prison. And the with judge... With parole, did, though. Um, minimum sentence without... Yeah, with parole. You're right. Correct. And the judge decides whether um, that comes with or without the, the possibility of parole. So that's yet to be decided. Uh, prosecutors did not seek the death penalty. In this case. And since all three men were convicted on counts of felony murder, they all face minimum life with the possibility of parole sentences. Uh, The judge in this case, William or sorry, Timothy Walmsley has not yet set a sentencing date. Lawyers for the McMichaels have already said publicly they intend to appeal the verdict. All three men still face a, a federal charge or federal charges as well. In April, a grand jury indicted all three men on hate crime charges, alleging the men targeted Ahmad Arbery because he was black. Oh, come Pro- on. Well, the, the evidence is damning. Prosecutors say Travis used racial slurs in text messages and on social media. And Who hasn't done that? Come on. During a pretrial hearing, Roddy Bryan testified that he heard Travis say the N-word immediately after killing Ahmad Arbery, which in clown world makes that a federal crime that's the the, immediately after killing i thought it was like the next day or something i thought it was immediately after but maybe i'm incorrect on that at some point after the killing he is alleged to have said the n-word jury selection in that case will start february 7th um but yes just so we're clear what makes this a federal case is whether or not he hated black people while doing it okay now, as far as how to interpret and understand this case, there are two distinct questions that I want to consider. Number one, was this the correct legal decision by the jury? And number two, is the law or was the law as it was constructed because it's no longer the law? Is that law philosophically correct? Now, on the law, I'm not asking uh, specifically about each and every charge in question here. I'm asking generally about the concept of was this a a lawful citizen's arrest or not, because the entirety of the case hinges on that question. If the McMichaels were justified and lawful in their approach of Ahmad Arbery, then it becomes a self-defense situation. If they were not lawful, then they were the aggressors against Ahmad Arbery and all of the charges that uh, were brought against them follow. So on that question, I think that the jury got the decision correct in that. I don't think it was a lawful citizen's arrest 
But the more I look into this, the more it is debatable. Um, and I think it must be acknowledged that Georgia law, the Georgia law in question, it's was retarded. very unclear. <laughs> Poorly written. It was only two sentences. And it read... Again, this is repealed, but at the time, this was the law. A private person may arrest an offender if the offense is committed in his presence or within his immediate knowledge. If the offense is a felony and the offender is escaping or attempting to escape, a private person may arrest him upon reasonable and probable grounds of suspicion. So that is confusingly written, but assuming that it means immediate knowledge for a misdemeanor pursuit immediate knowledge of a crime justifies pursuit for a misdemeanor offense and that for a felony offense if the person is fleeing you need reasonable and probable grounds of suspicion that's the interpretation of uh, andrew bronca uh, over at uh, self-defense uh, or law of self-defense.com he did a great job covering the rittenhouse trial and he's uh, discussing this as well now, to me, I even though I don't think this is a well-written law, I still don't see the McMichaels as satisfying these standards. Um, on the immediate knowledge standard, they never demonstrated immediate knowledge. Well, so they we, don't have to. They don't have to fill that standard because it would have been a felony burglary. So they have to but, fulfill the but secondary it, but standard. But was there probable? Was there reasonable suspicion on that? Because there was no demonstration that Ahmad Arbery ever committed a felony either. There was demonstration that he trespassed. Uh, oh, that's true. I mean, they had called the police previously, which is where that body cam footage came from, on suspicion that he was stealing. That, that are you talking about the before. surveillance camera at the site, or are you talking about something no, else? No, uh, they called the police um, after they, they were like, we just spotted him at Arbery. Like, they didn't say that. You know, we just spotted the suspect. Um, we think that he's on this site stealing and they called the police and the police came and investigated with body cam footage, did not find him. Yeah. And the other complication in that theory is what is fleeing? Now, don't get me wrong. Jogging. I fully believe that Ahmaud Arbery was up to suspicious, not good things in that neighborhood. Yeah. But, but is there demonstration he had committed a crime immediately before that confrontation? And, and is this demonstration that he was fleeing? Yeah. Is he just a jogger? I don't believe that. But in this specific instance, is simply jogging by, does that constitute flight from a felony offense? Right. And maybe there was reason to believe a felony had been committed, but even the reason had never been demonstrated mm -hmm. other than we, we saw him trespassing prior and we think that stuff might have been stolen. Mm -hmm. So the, Can the, trespassing be a felony? I don't think so. I, no, I really it'd be don't. a misdemeanor charge. Mm. So... I think that the jury probably got it right on this standard. And again, it's kind of legally moot because this has been repealed in Georgia and they've added a lot more specifics to what <laughs> <So> counts <fast. laughs> what counts as a, um, a legal citizen's arrest. It's much more narrow now. Um, yeah. And then there's the question of, well, the other thing I'll say about this is the best I could say for the defense of these guys, in addition to maybe you want to argue about the reasonable suspicion, when there is ambiguity or a lack of clarity in the law, it's supposed to benefit the defendants. We saw that with Kyle Rittenhouse and his gun charge. Maybe you want to make an argument for the McMichaels and Roddy Bryan on that basis here. Perhaps you could do that. I also want to speak to what the standard should be. And again, I'm just speaking to the concept of citizen's arrest, not the specifics of each and every charge. Um, so I don't want to get into the to the details of that. But just on the concept of citizen's arrest, to me, I would favor an immediate knowledge standard because any lesser standard 
is going to legalize the pursuit and detainment of somebody just because you think they're up to no good. It'll be and subject to abuse for sure. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. I do think Ahmad Arbery was up to no good. I will emphasize that. But that, as you say, I, I think is a, is a standard that is ripe for abuse. And I view this not necessarily as any kind of um, compromise on your self-defense rights or your defensive property. That's that's protected by a separate legal doctrine. Right. In this case, what you're talking about is limitations on the right to pursue and detain a person. And I view that as a limitation on what sort of aggressive behavior you can take against another person. I want that as narrowly constrained as possible. It's not a never event. I want citizens who witness a crime to be able to have the legal authority to intervene and stop that crime or bring that criminal to justice with the police. But if you just open the door to, I think that guy's up to no good. I should be able to chase him. I I just think that that's a situation that's going to create a lot of conflict. And then the question would be, what happens to me if someone chases me armed based on reasonable suspicion, do I have to surrender to them? Can I, can I defend myself from that? What, what are my rights when I'm being pursued, especially wrongfully? I think that's a whole can of worms I don't want to open up. The McMichaels did have a pre-existing relationship, at least a superficial relationship with them at Arbery, right? They would have been able to recognize him. They, as far as I understand, um, Gregory McMichael, the dad, was a former police officer. They were in contact with the property owner, this construction site owner, and he had told them, please be on the lookout for my property. I think that there's all sorts of shenanigans happening there. So they had the, again, does the instruction of the owner of that particular property mean that you can chase a guy down the street on public property or someone else's property? I I would... I would be in favor of that sort of immediate knowledge standard. I think anything less is going to be very heavily abused. So um, even though this is filled with all sorts of complexities, I think in general, the jury probably got it right. And I think the standard that was in place was more right than wrong, even if the law is not very precisely or well written. Uh, Would you have any disagreement with that? I mean, my instinct is to look at this from a moral standard, which I know this is not. I think that this is a technicality at best. But first of all, a few things that were omitted um, and not admissible to the jury. Ahmed Arbery was a career criminal. He was on felony probation. I listened to this ABC special about him and it was so biased. It was just his mom with like. He was a good boy and he liked to jog, jog all day, jog all night. All he did was jog sun up to sundown, rain or shine, just jog, jog, jog. It was, and that's simply untrue. You know, he um, was a menace to society. He had a lengthy rap sheet and he was um, really erratic. He had all these behavioral and mental health issues. I believe she had called the police based on some domestic disturbance. All of this was inadmissible. And I think that at least the mental health status of a Met Arbery um, should the jury should have had some knowledge of that because it's a, it testifies to his erratic behavior, right? I'm not sure about the rap sheet. I understand why that wasn't admissible. Um, unfortunately, the law here is really stupid. I Did they have the right to perform a citizen's arrest in this situation? Um, I don't know. I think, I think if they did not witness a felony burglary, then the trespassing is probably not, not enough. If I were on this jury, I'd be like, Let's acquit these guys because the ends justify the means and DGAF. <laughs> but but in terms of, of legal tech, legal technicality, I think that they. Well, how would you if you think. had to write the standard for citizens arrest, what would you write? I would say you have to. I don't even like the part about um, about 
hearing about a felony event. I think you have to be the direct eyewitness of a felony event in process and you have to intervene. You can't hmm. do you can't intervene later. You have to see it happening right then and then intervene as the, as it's happening or as they try to escape. That hmm. would be my standard. Okay. Yeah. And so I think we're in the same general ballpark there. And then there's still the debate of was he escaping? Does this count as escape or not? And yeah, I have no delusions about the activity he was likely up to, if not that day, as part of this general strategy. But mm -hmm. I don't know how you define escape. What does that mean? Does it just mean running or does it mean running plus some other factor that you can point to as evidence of a crime? I don't know. Uh, yeah, I mean, he clearly was fleeing after he had at least attempted to commit a felony. That's why this is frustrating, because the McMichaels, they were right. <laughs> they were right. It's just, did they have enough evidence to meet this standard? I don't mm. know. Well, they both, uh, at least Gregory and um, and Travis, the father and son, say they plan to appeal. So we shall see if anything comes of that. Uh, but of course, that would have to come on some sort of misconduct grounds from the process of the trial or something like that. Yeah, um, I know that they. How much filed... do you think that race really played a role in the jury's decision? Uh, hard to say. I also don't know the makeup of the trial. I don't have that information in front of me. Mm. But, but but they were pretty quick. This this was a much quicker deliberation than the Rittenhouse one. So um, whether they were predisposed to have a certain conclusion or whether they came to an honest, unbiased analysis, or they conducted an honest, unbiased analysis, that was their relatively quick conclusion. So we shall see what happens. And of course, if there are appeals, we will follow them. I didn't necessarily plan on spending that much time on the Arbery stuff, but as I looked into it more and more, it was more complicated than I originally thought. That second clause thought. really muddies the waters. Yeah, but speaking of uh, trials, remember, as we've been discussing, Ghislaine and Jesse... Both of their trials begin tomorrow. Opening arguments in the Ghislaine Maxwell federal trial start in the morning. She's charged with sex trafficking on behalf of the now not suicided Jeffrey Epstein. <laughs> Prosecutors have indicated they will argue Maxwell had two co-conspirators besides Epstein yet to be named publicly. The judge has not yet decided on the admissibility of that evidence. It also remains possible that Maxwell will take the stand herself. Also note, I did not know this. Uh, the lead... A lead, they say a lead prosecutor, maybe not the lead prosecutor, but a lead prosecutor in Maxwell's uh, case, none other than uh, Maureen Comey, I think her name is. Uh, yes, Maureen no Comey. No way. Yeah, do you recognize the name? Is it Comey's <laughs> daughter? Yes, James Comey's daughter. So I'm not sure. Uh, well, you be the judge. I'm sure it'll be all legit and square and totally above the board. Nothing to see here. Also, some controversy surrounding the judge who made some questionable evidence uh, uh, decisions or determinations about what would be uh, admissible. And uh, in the meantime, was promoted or at least nominated for a promotion by Chuck Schumer and Joe Biden. So. We'll see what sort of information gets out and what sort of information does not and what sort of secondary interests are at play as this one plays out. And of course, as we discussed prior, uh, you don't get to watch this one. No cameras in federal courtrooms. So you'll just have to read about it Yikes. and trust that they're telling you the truth. Also on Monday, Jesse Smollett's trial begins in Chicago. He's charged with felony disorderly conduct in the form of lying to police about what happened that fateful blizzard night in January 2019. And if you're like me and you want to watch this trial live, uh, also, you will be disappointed because the judge in this case Aww. banned cameras from the courtroom. 
the evidence in this case, it's really going to be a judgment of did Jesse fake the attack or not? And of course, Jesse is entitled to a uh, presumption of innocence and the, and the benefit of reasonable doubt. The evidence presented against him will be primarily the testimony of the Osindairo brothers, those famous Nigerians. Oh, yeah. Jesse is alleged to have hired to stage the entire event. They are going to testify to exactly that effect. Jesse hired us to pull off this stunt. They have flipped on Jesse, um, but Jesse's lawyers intend to argue that the brothers attacked Smollett outright and then framed him to avoid being criminally charged themselves, which is a weird argument because that would imply that Jesse knew that it was gigantic black guy friends of him who attacked him that night. And then he turned around and said it was MAGA hat wearing white dudes who called him an N-word. So if he's going with that defense, I don't understand how that's not itself an admission of a lie, but perhaps the trial will explain. Oh, what's going to happen? Well, he faces six separate disorderly conduct charges. Each carries a potential sentence of one to three years in prison. Smollett has no criminal record, and that in combination with his celebrity status creates speculation that even if convicted, Smollett will face only probation. Give me an update on the um, the Waukesha accident, as they're calling it. Uh, yeah. So it looks like um, six people were killed, 60 injured, more than 60 injured. Um, and seven children remain hospitalized. Three are in serious condition. It sounds like very serious condition. Uh, three in fair condition and one in good condition. And one of these girls, uh, 11-year-old Jessalyn Torres, She's unconscious on a on a ventilator um, and he just he fucked her up. She is all sorts of she's a broken pelvis, uh, internal mm. organ injuries and everything. It's it sounds bad. I don't know. It, it sounds like she might pull through, but it's it's hard to say. Um, and Daryl Brooks Jr. is charged with five counts of first degree intentional homicide. He's expected to face a sixth count after an eight-year-old uh, boy died on Tuesday. Um, every publication is saying there is no known motive, but if there was some kind of anti-white motive, would we ever hear about it? No, we'll never, ever hear about it. Nobody's ever going to talk about it ever again. The story is going to get buried so fast. It's already buried. Um, he probably just hated Whitey. This is, yeah. I don't I know. I could tweets. It was I could see great. that. And of course, you can look at his social media history for demonstration of that. Of course, the Daily Beast, though, uh, wrote a hit piece against Andy No and Tim Poole for featuring some of those social media posts. I could believe that he's charged with intentional homicide. So in investigators yeah. have no doubt that he did it intentionally. The only question is why I could believe that it was some sort of um, political attack. It, I mentioned this in the last video I did. It, it's also reported that he was involved in some sort of domestic dispute immediately before this happened. Some sort of he knife tried to fight run over with, his girlfriend. His that was that was like two weeks ago. So he does this as a habit. <laughs> he does this recreationally. But I could also believe that he was involved in some sort of knife fight because he has a record that uh, would lend itself to that sort of behavior. And if he was. I don't know, high out of his mind or on some kind of crazy substance. Perhaps the knife fight freaked him out so much that he just hauled ass into a crowd. Maybe. But whatever the case, there is a motive here. It's intentional per the investigators. There is a motive here. Yeah. Is this asshole going to get charged with a hate crime like the McMichaels? No. <laughs> well, I don't know. He, he I think he used anti-white slurs on social media. That should be the basis for a federal investigation, it should. should it not? Yeah. Especially if he said them after the crime. I, I don't know. Maybe he did. We'll have to wait to find out, which, of course, we never will. There's been plenty of propaganda coverage of this in the um, 
presentation of the, there's ring doorbell footage after he drove away from the scene. He apparently went to some rando's house and started banging on his uh, door and asking for him for help in getting an Uber driver and saying he was homeless Ugh. in the uh, in NBC's presentation of that video. It's captioned um, ring camera appears to show Daryl Edward Brooks in front of a home before being arrested in connection to the Waukesha parade accident. That was their description. And uh, another guest, another analyst on MSNBC used the same word. He referred to the Waukesha slangs as an accident before later correcting himself to use the word attack. And of course, just like uh, gun violence, we're going to go ahead and blame the tool as much as we possibly can. We're going to say that a car uh, (laughs) ran into people. A car drove into people. The Washington Post this week said the killings were, were, quote, caused by an SUV. They didn't even say like a car hit people. They said caused by an SUV. That's the description on Twitter. And that description in the story reads a few moments later, the SUV rammed through the parade participants. Yeah. Just the SUV. Just the SUV. Yeah, It just grabbed the keys itself and uh, it went on a joyride. And CNN just this morning uh, tweeted out a story about Waukesha having uh, a vigil to mark uh, one week since, quote, a car drove through a city Christmas parade and people have searched CNN's Twitter feed for mention of the killer Daryl Brooks. Not once tweeted. I don't know if they've mentioned it in their. Oh, no, I, that's not true. I do know they've mentioned it in their stories because you got to scroll down to where the last paragraph of the story. Authorities identified the suspect driver. The suspected driver is Daryl E. Brooks, 39 of Milwaukee. That's the last detail they give you. Pretty outrageous. Uh, anyway, so we had that this week. And then there was the the uh, the smash and grab incidents that have been happening predominantly in California, but really all across the country. So we're dealing with roaming mobs of uh, of of organized criminals just busting through storefronts. Yeah, this uh, one at Nordstrom. How many people was it? Was it 80. like 80 people? And, in, and the one, that was in Walnut Creek, California. And they actually used two dozen cars to form a blockade in the street to give themselves cover to run in get the stuff and then get to their getaway cars and get away and i think at least as of uh, as of wednesday uh, three of the 80 had been arrested so almost everybody got away i mean my instinct is to be sympathetic to really organized groups of people stealing high-end stuff for some reason why (laughs) I, 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 don't I don't know, know. what my problem is. but this story is is awful um this security guard this this nice japanese guy murdered while protecting a news team that were covering one of these flash mob thefts so this is on wednesday it was a crew from uh kron4 which is a san francisco news channel they were covering the smash and grab story um where 12 thieves wearing masks and hoods. I think they raided a Louis Vuitton. I might be wrong about that. Um, and as an assailant tried to steal, this was during the reporting of the smash and grab, an assailant comes up, tries to steal the camera equipment. And then the security guard, um, Kevin Nishida, he was hired to protect the crew and he got shot in the stomach and then he died on Saturday. Jeez. They're still looking for the vehicle. Apparently they can't find this person, but it's a 2004, 2008 accurate TL white. No front license plate. They have a picture of the car. A bunch of people were there and they can't fucking find this person. They've been doing that throughout these smash and grabs, covering up their license plates to make sure they their getaway cars are not identified. And of course, uh, once again, definitely not a hate crime here. Yeah. Uh, the guy could have yelled, I hate Asians N-word, as has previously been done in San Francisco. Not a hate crime. 
not part of the wave of anti-Asian violence that we've heard so much about. Well, uh, quickly, I do want to highlight some of the insane Thanksgiving propaganda from the holiday weekend. Uh, the first to me was by far the funniest. The uh, the women's march of pink hat and you know, <laughs> yeah. screeching murderous rants uh, at the sky fame. Uh, they apparently sent an email on Tuesday that noted that the average donation made to the organization is fourteen dollars and ninety two cents. And later in the day, really close to fourteen eighty eight, by the way. Yeah. I, I wonder what would have happened if that happened. You need to make some small donations to the Women's March to bring it just four cents down and see if we can extend this meme. But the Women's March apologized later in the day. Probably not a good idea to donate to them, even for the lols, I suppose. But they apologized later in the day because clearly this was an oversight error not to make the not to make the connection between 1492, the year of colonization, conquest and genocide for indigenous people especially before Thanksgiving. So this was an insensitive yeah. Thanksgiving post because 1492 <laughs> is what the year of Columbus. And that's, that marks the beginning of the end for all Indians. Oh my gosh. And this was just totally accidental. Uh, th th it just so happens that it was 1492. And they still apologized. And they still apologized. Co coincidence. It's pure coincidence. I don't have it in front of me, but I was glad to see one of the top comments, the top responses to this tweet. Uh, tripling the amount of likes on the original tweet was from our friend Lauren Chen. And she said, uh, get back to the kitchen. The real world is clearly too much for you. So <laughs> good for her. Uh, the uh, the Atlantic published an essay on Thanksgiving Eve called deprogram your relatives this Thanksgiving. This is from Daily Beast contributing editor editor Molly Jong fast. She writes, uh, some people think that you should spend your Thanksgiving playing nice, pretending that your cousin doesn't follow QAnon and that your uncle doesn't believe the election was stolen. And also that the cyber ninjas are a bunch of cucks for not uncovering voter fraud. They're completely wrong. This is your chance to deprogram them. This is your chance to tell your aunt that maybe the news she gets isn't all that reliable, and maybe the MAGA news network is not giving her unbiased news either. I'm here to tell you that Thanksgiving is terrible, and if you at least spend the time trying to deprogram your niece, you won't be bored or depressed, though you might be enraged that Fox News or InfoWars has convinced her Trump can, quote, save America from Joe Biden's radical agenda of giving people hearing aids and free pre-K. Uh, in other words, I'm miserable by default. So if you make other people miserable, also, you won't notice any difference. <laughs> but the only difference is now everybody hates you and your misery will, in fact, worsen over time. And of course, <sighs> I'll speculate this would be the same sort of lady who would be appalled if anyone dared challenge her dogmatic views at the Thanksgiving dinner table. Um, but. As anyone who's had a not just a family gathering, but any sort of uh, dinner with family should understand every single family gathering is about getting along with that one or two weird relatives. Imagine yeah. the whole point is that family is supposed to take priority over ideological disputes, even if they are really, really weird because family is a higher priority. In this case, it's yet another demonstration. The order is ideological adherence first, family Second, and I can't believe that such an order of priorities would lead to an unsatisfied, depressing, disappointing <laughs> life. No. Wow. Follow Molly to not happiness, but by her own description, just a higher level of depression. You can get a few notches higher on the depression scale by following <sighs> this one easy hack. 
And at the very end, I think she's joking, but she says, or maybe you'll need to report a relative to the FBI. Either way, it's something to do besides eat. I think she's joking, but that could be serious. And either way, the FBI, or at least the Chicago division wanted you to do exactly that. They, they, they urged you, they solicited you to report your family or friends. If you see them at the Thanksgiving dinner table, especially if you see this guy photograph 486 of a guy who, yes, dared wore a, dared wear a MAGA hat at the January 6th Capitol building riot. Please. If you see this smiling face at your table tonight, the FBI is seeking tips. Turn him in. This apparently is the most important thing to post on Thanksgiving, not just on a holiday. This is the one thing that can't take a holiday break. But in the city of Chicago, this is the most important criminal consideration that doesn't take a break. Yeah, uh, clearly it's not all the rape kits that um, haven't been processed or the people getting shot every day. (laughs) The hundreds and hundreds of murders, unsolved murders on an annual basis. Nice job, FBI. Of course, there's plenty of Corona propaganda, too. The New York Times recruited three experts to answer your Thanksgiving Rona questions. Julie Lewis in San Francisco writes, quote, if your child age nine and your cousin age 10 have received only one dose of the vaccine prior to Thanksgiving, is it safe for us to eat indoors? All of the adult guests are vaccinated and the elderly guests have all received boosters. The answer from one of the experts is that, quote, some care is still warranted since the kids are not fully vaccinated. You could have the kids wear masks, eat quickly and stay away from the older adults when eating. Oh, my God. Kids are going to be so weird. They already have these weird leftist San Francisco like dyke parents. And now they have got to deal with all this germaphobe nonsense. (laughs) Oh, my God. Well, I was thinking, imagine doing this to your own kids and imagine being the sort of adult who demands that all kids leave the room for your safety before you were you will dare eat Thanksgiving dinner. And then I remember, well, I'd have to imagine living in San Francisco to imagine such a scenario. And when you're that when you're in that sort of environment, maybe all of this does logically follow. Like when the insanity runs so deep in such a place, maybe this seems more sensible. It pains me to say this because of my own failings, but this is highly neurotic behavior. (laughs) You've gone too far, people. You've gone too far. This is crazy. This is crazy. Can't everyone just be normal? And this new variant thing, it's it's just right out of their playbook. I'm not surprised at all. I will get to that uh, right after this last thing I have to say, which is that you want to talk about uh, unwarranted anxiety and, and neuroticism. CBS Mornings hosted a psychologist this week to, again, answer questions about the dangers of Rona gathering at Thanksgiving. And she was asked how to navigate asking your guests about their vaccination status. And she said, well, you don't have to do that. You can simply host drinks and appetizers in your garage, I assume with the garage door open for safety, while you rapid test them and then let them into the house or not based on the rapid test results. Another hot topic of conversation will be vaccination status. And how do you handle that when it comes to friends and family that are coming over? Uh, Because it might be a difficult conversation before people step into your house to say, whoa, wait a minute. Where's your card? What's your status before you walk into my home? This is tough because people are all over the map on this, and they're also all over the map with their risk tolerance. But the rapid tests have made this a lot easier. Right. Because whatever people's vaccination status is, we can actually confirm safety on the spot. 
So if it feels like it's going to be weird, maybe make it kind of fun. Say we're going to start with hors d'oeuvres in the garage. You know, we'll have drinks. <laughs> we'll do our rapid test and then come on in, right? You can make it playful, make it fun, and then be able to enjoy the holiday because you're not worried about safety. All right. Uh, yeah. God. <laughs> we have to kill these people. I don't, what, else, what else are we going to do here? Defensively. It is defensively. I can't take this anymore. I can't do this anymore. I can't go through another year of this, let alone five years or whatever else they have up their sleeve. They're going to try it, it with the Omicron variant. But I, the reasoning here, well, you know, if you think it's weird to ask them for their vaccine cards, you can make it not weird by having a bizarre gathering in your garage where you force tests upon them and then, and then discriminate based on the results, even though these are your closest friends and family, because that's not weird or not. Turning your family... Because that's not weird at all. Turning your friends and family into into desirables or undesirables. That's a way to de-weird the situation. And you'll notice the host can't even contain their own laughter at the absurdity. These are people that yeah. expect us to listen to the insanity of the experts like this. And then when presented with the ideas, they can't hold in their own laughter because they know it's absurd. They will never personally do it. This would never happen in their own homes. But you're supposed to take this advice. And Susan... I'm very disappointed in Susan because she has not yet fully protected this small creator from dislike harassment as she promised to do. It's a 2.15 million subscriber channel. In fairness, it just doesn't have a lot of views. 5,000 views, 35 upvotes, 123 down. So a very unfortunate dislike harassment campaign coming against CBS mornings. But, you know, if, if you're asking for vaccination cards before getting with your family... Your family no. sucks. You should you're marry a, into somebody else's family. Yeah, you're the Get bad family member. It's you who's the bad guy. It's you who's betrayed the family. It's you who's brainwashed and backwards. Hate to break it to you. But, man, um... I'm running tight on time, but we should get through this Omicron stuff uh, before we oh. take a break. Because <laughs> we're going to do it. We're going to do it all over again. The true believers will not be denied. First, of course, it was the fear of the initial virus. And then we restirred the fear pot with the Delta variant, and a lot of people still bought it, even though anyone who wants a vaccine could get one for months. Uh, everyone had the opportunity to get one if they wanted one. And even though deaths continue to decline, um, we're still going to take another crack. And, and now it's time for the Omicron variant or the South African variant. I don't know if you can call it that because that's racist, but perhaps you wonder why it's called the Omicron variant. Well, of course, the variants, as you've observed with Delta and others, are letters in the Greek alphabet. And after the uh, Delta variant, we've moved all the way down to the Mu variant, as in M-U. Next up would be the letter, Greek letter Nu, as in N-U, and then a Greek letter called Xi or Psi, as far as I understand the pronunciation, written as X-I, otherwise known as the name of the uh, Chinese president, Xi Jinping. But we can't have a G variant, obviously. So a WHO spokesman, WHO spokesman. No way. Yes, this is this is confirmed by the WHO. This is not real. This WHO is not real. WHO spokeswoman <laughs> says the organization skipped the letter new so people would not confuse it with the word new, as in N-E-W, and skipped Xi, or G, however you want to read it, to avoid stigmatizing people who have that surname. Very, you know, it's, of course, very convenient. Uh, for a particular man of particular power in China. And if I'm Delta Airlines or I'm Delta Fawcett, I raise my hand and say, why didn't I get the benefit of this protection yeah. from the World Health Organization? So, yeah, 
We can't have a G variant. That's why we're going with Omicron. And what are the characteristics of the um, the Omicron vir- uh, variant? Well, um, it started in South Africa, as I mentioned, and it has all the scariest traits. It is more transmissible. It is more uh, it is more deadly to children. It renders your monoclonal antibodies uh, and that treatment ineffective. And you may hear some of these things, but it is all fear mongering speculation. Our Lord and Savior, Dr. Fauci, admits this and he says he knows nothing about it. But we do know, of course, that getting a vaccine and a booster is an imperative for your hope at survival. What makes this new variant so different and so concerning? Well, it has a large number of mutations, particularly in that area of the virus that relates to its ability to bind to the cells in your nasopharynx and in your lung, namely related to transmissibility. We don't know that yet, but you have to be careful and assume that that's the case. It also has a bunch of mutations that would suggest it could evade the protection, for example, of monoclonal antibodies, its ability to infect people who have recovered from infection and even people who've been vaccinated, make us say, this is something you gotta pay really close attention to. And as I say, you assume something that might be worse than it is, but better that than underestimating. It is absolutely essential that unvaccinated people get vaccinated and the vaccinated people get boosters. <laughs> Asked about uh, specifically if more lockdowns are coming, uh, coming, Fauci says, prepare for the worst. He said that this morning with George Stephanopoulos. Very convenient. We know nothing about this virus, but we do know the one solution is vaccines and then more vaccines once you're done getting the vaccines. Well, awfully convenient for the powers that be. And they always they always say assume you know, better safe than sorry without acknowledging that sometimes safe is very sorry. Uh, for example, we could uh, well, the odds are very low that you die in a, in a car accident, of course, but it's possible. Um, right. Fauci's logic would have us conclude that we should all drive 10 miles an hour based on the assumption that you will get in a head on. You should assume the worst. But by that logic, um, without any acknowledgement, he, he offers that logic rather without any acknowledgement that that assuming the worst and playing it safe would actually catch us in a lot of self-defeating things in the case of car crashes. Our economy and the movement of goods would crumble in the case of the virus. You keep listening to Fauci, you are going to forego everything meaningful in your life forever until your life passes you by and you don't get your life anyway, which was the entire premise of listening to Fauci. So um, I say a lot of the speculation here is um, is unknown uh, because exactly that the, the, the speculation about this virus appears to be unfounded. First of all, it's not even known if the Omicron variant is in this country yet. It will be. Who cares? It doesn't matter. It, it probably I don't care is, if an actually if a, if a real and dangerous strain emerges. I'm not doing any of this shit. I'm not going to do it. I don't it. care if it kills you on contact. I'm taking the risk. Yeah. I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> I don't care if the actual life. floor is lava. I am not yeah. walking on couches anymore. Mm-hmm. And I feel like uh, everybody has reached this point of exhaustion. Do you know what I heard today? It was very disheartening. 30 to 40 people, this was what Solzhenitsyn said, 30 to 40 people that were in the gulags thought that they were there in error. And if they could speak with Stalin, he would release them. 
we're going to get to some of those themes with this Australian stuff that's going down because that is a lot of there's that argument. And then there's the argument of, well, as long as you're being detained in a nice place. Right. Is it really that bad? I used to think with with increasing ridiculousness that people would um, wake from their slumber. But I really feel like if you haven't if you're not on team freedom at this point, that you're you're worthless to me. And then I hope the vaccine kills you. No, these people own your life if you don't have any yeah. questions about this newest round. Yeah. I say that as someone who tries to be as patient as possible with people coming around. If you are still duped by these people. You're a retard and I can't I help you. And, yeah. But uh, as far as the actual danger of this virus, uh, of course, the, the virus itself um, and all the fear about it, it was prompted by the rise of, of the virus in, in these South African cases. Um, but of course, the lesson, one of the many lessons the last year and a half is who gives a shit about cases? Today, it's reported yeah. that the chair of the uh, South African Medical Association says that the Omicron variant is not deadly. The variant uh, was first detected in South Africa two weeks ago. And Dr. Angelique uh, Coetzee says, quote, symptoms at that stage two weeks ago uh, were very much re uh, related to normal viral infection. And because we haven't seen COVID-19 for the past eight to 10 weeks, we decided to test. Most of them are seeing very, very mild symptoms, and none of them so far have um, admitted patients to surgeries. We have been able to treat these patients conservatively at home, she says. Coetzee, who is also the ministerial advisory committee, she's also on this advisory committee on, on vaccines, said unlike Delta so far, uh, patients have not reported a loss of smell and taste, and there has been no major drop in oxygen levels with the new variant. So particularly non-threatening by her description. Also in the story, you scroll down. Uh, almost half of the patients with Omicron symptoms that she treated were not vaccinated, which is another way of saying, of course, most of the cases of the Omicron variant that she's encountered were among vaccinated people. Oh, so on Lord. what basis does Fauci say that that the vaccine protects you from this thing if most of the people at its origin were vaccinated people? And if the virus, even to the unvaccinated, is not at all dangerous, if this variant, at least, is not at all dangerous or threatening. But we're still going to freak out anyway. We're still going to do this dance. Now, the best thing I can say in response to the freak out is there are two ways to interpret it. Are people reacting to fear of the virus or are they reacting to fear of government overreach yet again in the form of mandates, lockdowns and all of that? If the latter, I get it. But on uh, on Friday, in response to this Omicron variant news, the. Um, the stock market tumbled. So the Dow Jones Industrial Average was down 2.53%, its worst day on the year. S&P 500 and the NASDAQ Composite fell about 2.25% each as well. And this was on the day after the WHO warned of this new Omicron variant. And so, cryptos too. Yeah. Um, crypto, I think, has uh, recovered a little bit today. But crypto also tanked. As of Friday, more than $750 million worth of crypto positions were liquidated. Again, believed to be over concerns over the Omicron variant, though, again, that could be concerns about overreaction to the Omicron variant. The market um, has uh, it continued downward all weekend, but it looks like it's in better shape uh, as of this evening. And how scary is the Omicron variant? It's so scary that Biden has turned racist and authoritarian on Friday. <laughs> The Biden administration announced a ban on any travel to the United States from South Africa and seven other African countries, Botswana, Zimbabwe, Namibia, uh, Lesotho. Uh, forgive my pronunciation here. Uh, Eswat Eswatini, Mozambique and Malawi. This uh, this travel ban is apparently at the personal advice of the very racist Dr. Fauci. 
Also, New York. In New York State, Governor Kathy Hochul announced her signing of a new executive order she says will help manage hospital capacity. The order declares a state of emergency and allows non-essential procedures at hospitals to be postponed. This in effect until January 15th, because, of course, delaying routine medical care worked so well at mitigating death. Right. This year and last. There are, of course, uh, no known cases of the Omicron variant in New York, though it should be noted that despite the um, the state's commitments to lockdowns and masks and vaccine mandates, at least where they can and all the rest, uh, New York cases, hospitalizations all on the increase over the last couple of weeks, up 22 percent in uh, about two weeks time. It's the it's currently the highest seven day case average in New York since mid-April. Also, notably, Florida at the same time now enjoys the lowest per capita daily case rate of any state in the union, despite doing none of those things. Now, I, I'm not even attributing this to policy decisions. There's just the reality that there's nicer weather in one place and poorer weather in the other. And yeah. people go inside where the weather is poorer and they spread the vi- virus to each other. And the idea that the state's going to intervene and control that never been successful, never will be successful. We can go ahead and stop doing that. But as you mentioned, Bottom line, if you're still spooked by this sort of stuff, you have no independent thought and these people fully own your entire life. You will do as they direct you forever and you have no autonomy from them whatsoever. Mm -hmm. Try to understand people who have gone through an entire going on two years of manipulation, lies, uh, just the overall wrongness of the experts. And you're still going to be confronted with unknown fear of a virus variant and allow fear of the unknown to compel you to submit to these people yet again as though you've learned nothing in the last two years time that well, really is a hopeless situation afraid I, I'm, I'm trying to be sympathetic to people that are actually living in fear but it's it's of their own of their own making of their own of their own choice it's getting increasingly difficult to uh want to share society with these people i, I truly don't yeah it, it goes back to the harshest realization about human nature that i think we've discussed many times on the sunday stream and certainly on the wednesday stream which is do people truly yearn for freedom and personal ownership of their own lives or do they actually yearn for someone to control it for them yeah and way more people than i ever expected desperately want someone else to run every aspect of their lives mm-hmm. very disappointing yeah but um, <laughs> it really is we're, we're absolutely to the rest of us who have any questions whatsoever about whatever we're asked to do in light of this omicron variant uh, it we need to remember that we will not comply our way out of this as evidenced by the fact that these variants keep popping up and they still keep throwing mandates at us, even though the original promise was the vaccine is going to cure everything. And that was a secondary promise itself after other promises were broken. But if you want demonstration of what exactly compliance in pursuit of freedom gets you, we'll catch up with Australia after the break, because there was a story there that's so ridiculous. I thought it had to be misrepresented. I was very skeptical of it. And then I asked some people in the know, and it turns out what seems like an exaggerated presentation of it is actually true at least yeah based on the sources that i have so we'll check in there after the break but we should catch up with some chats uh sure i've got jeffrey o'neill good news guys i thought my big pharma shares would fall but omicron to the rescue i hope a new variant is found every few months i need my pharma profits <laughs> to retire on roll up your sleeves proles uh yeah if you were a uh, Fi- uh pfizer investor you know, uh, X amount of time ago, you're probably doing just fine. Bring on the variants, fellas. We love to see it. 
Yeah, two uh, years you, ago I would have said that's immoral, but we should all be riding the tiger for, for real. <laughs> we really should. I, there are some moral considerations with that. By the way, DLive people, it's still not letting me do the treasure chest giveaway, so I'm sorry about that. But thank you for hanging out on DLive, and we'll uh, catch up with your chats in a minute. Slodger, this is for you new people. I only have one rule. If you compliment my looks, I'll call you a simp, but secretly be happy about it. If you act like a bundle of sticks, I'll ban you myself. Welcome to the Matt and Blonde Show. That is accurate. Also, don't use caps. I don't know why. It doesn't actually bother me. I don't really care. That's just uh, that's just the rule of the mods. And since it is content neutral, I have uh, I have allowed it. And uh, they do. <laughs> why do we it. allow that? It's pointlessly discriminatory. Uh, just I, <laughs> against people with the uh, with inflection. No yelling. We just don't, we have a no yelling policy. It's very <laughs> no simple. No running either. Yeah. Canadian 33. I can't catch live tonight. Heading home with my toddler and 10 month old twins about red pilling my husband. He has guns and a beard already. Just drinks the mainstream media Kool-Aid. Any other suggestions? Okay. You're married to a man who has guns and a beard. He's a father of several children. And he's still bitching out on the mainstream narrative. I don't even know how to answer this. That's a very uncommon scenario, I would think. Yeah. You're, you're a rare gal. I don't know. I think we might be in the withholding sex territory. (laughs) Well, if he's really into his guns, maybe you start there and be like, listen, you can't entertain support for these people based on what they'll do to your gun rights alone. And if they're that wrong about your gun rights, what else might they lie about? Because if he's at all aware of guns and not just gun rights, but um, the the function or the technology of guns and how they work. He's going to see the way that they misrepresent guns in those yeah. mainstream media sources and they misrepresent your gun rights. So maybe you start there. You take it, that initial interest and you expose the lies and say, look, look how they're lying here. The next question is, where else are they lying? And if that doesn't mm-hmm. work, then, yeah, it's uh, it's couch treatment, I guess. That's or maybe this is a job for a man. Like a buddy. Uh, maybe I don't know. Do you recruit a, a friend into that situation for the sole purpose of convincing? I don't know. Okay. Meet a hot guy at his gun range and then have sex with him and then incentivize <laughs> him to red pill your husband. I'm just joking. That's the worst possible thing you could do. Don't do that. It, it'll, it um, has to work. It's got to work. Yeah. Long Don John. Fun fact. When they named Omicron, they skipped a letter in the Greek alphabet. Have a guess which one can't imagine why. I know because we did just cover it. I'm sorry. You couldn't have known that we were going to cover that. That's uh. Well, it's unbelievable and totally predictable at the same time, at the same if that time. makes sense. Anthony Nielsen, um, we've expanded the Cheyenne Discord to all Wyoming with channels for each region to assist each other in growing and doing season statewide meetups. First one, late winter camping. Cheyenne area meets twice monthly range days, chats with cigars and whiskey camping and such. We'd love to see more folks join and meet you now rather than later in the gulags. <laughs> Email Anthony or Alan on the list. That's so badass. That makes my heart swell well that's anthony or alan if you head on over the community page of the website you should be able to find their information in that listener meetup spreadsheet and uh well i appreciate the organization and the tuning in and all i can say is if you sign up for a wyoming winter camp for listeners of this show uh, you have my admiration that's uh (laughs) that's that's a serious level of hardiness that i myself uh, do not have i'm not going winter camping in wyoming Mm. that's for sure Alan Jarnigan, if you like meetups in Wyoming, but Cheyenne is too far, I left the Cheyenne group to move to Gillette, and I'd love to get some folks ah. together up in this corner of territory. That's sweet. Thanks, that Alan. part of the state, I think, is pretty underrated. I don't go there often, but we did drive through on the way to the Black Hills and that kind of Buffalo, Gillette, Bighorn Mountains area. Super cool. 
and can still be had affordably. And you can, the greatest thing about Wyoming, say what you will about it. You can be left the hell alone in Wyoming. Yeah. And that is the dream for now. So for now, yeah. Robin D banks, Matt and I was once made snuggins. I approached aggressively from the front until he lifted his fishing rod and delivered a load to my chest. <laughs> Okay. Felt like I got hit by a turbine. Gay. Thank you. Why do you why? Why do I have to read this? Uh, you could pass I am it a prostitute. Off. That's what I am. I, <laughs> no, I'm not going to make you read this. It's way Somehow different. Worse. It's way what we it's do totally is different. way different. Mm-hmm. It's not oh, like we okay. show feet for money. I know. I know. Holden yeah. Mulray. Hi, truth seekers. Have you a guilty pleasure or a cheap banal vi- version of something that you prefer as opposed to the finer option? Can biscuits, box wine, sitcom, uh, top forty, etc. God bless. Um. Okay. Uh. Okay. So something that you like, you should like the more expensive version, but you like the shittier version. Oh, that's the question. Uh. Well, my easy answer. It's not that I don't like uh quality craft brews, but obviously I have an appreciation for what is supposed to be trash beer in the form of Coors Light and others. It's not that I always prefer it, but sometimes the simplicity. I'll take so so trash beer. I certainly have a a soft spot for. Okay, I got one. Um, have you guys ever made uh, spicy Korean chicken? Um, mm. it's only good atop one of those terrible pieces of white bread, like the kind like Subway sandwich level white bread. You know, mm. just garbage yoga mat, not even real bread. You got to use that. Do I do I dare admit on the topic of meat that I'm not much of a meat snob either? It's not that I'm anti-steak. Mm. I'll certainly eat a steak. But, you know, for me, a well-done spicy chicken sandwich from Popeye's is every bit as satisfying if it's correct, if it's correctly made. Um, not saying I refuse, but that would be another thing like fast food done well, even chicken done perfectly can be better than uh, expensive cuts of meat, but that's just my taste. Well, in terms of frying food, fast food restaurants always do it better because they have an industrial fryer and a tried and true frying technique. Whenever I fry foods at my house, it's just, it's a disaster. It's got to be like perfectly done though. Don't get me wrong that like, you know, go to McDonald's at three in the afternoon where the fries have been sitting in there for hours. Yeah. That, that doesn't count. It's got to be like fast food at its most pristine. Yeah. It can compete. Um, Daniel Kunkel. I had a family from out of state who visited during Thanksgiving, but they only visited those who got the clot shot. I haven't seen them in over a year, not getting the jab to appease them, their loss. You, and nor should you. Got to fight the fight. Good for you. Yep. Daniel Kunkel. I had a family. I just read that. Uh, Logan D, <laughs> last one for right now. Um, told my previous six figure job to suck it over the mandates. Found a new job paying more with leadership that has no plans to enforce it. Matt and Rebecca, thanks so much for the show. Well, I'm I'm really glad to hear that. And um, I say that as someone who I've been very sympathetic and I, I still am with people who decide, you know, listen, I have too many things to protect and I got to make this concession in order to protect my ability to provide for my family or whatever other interests are at stake. But at some point, you got to draw that line or they're going to push you forever. And when you draw that line and you actually act on it, oftentimes new opportunities present themselves and maybe you end up in a better situation than you were before, not just morally with people who agree with you, 
but financially, you know, I hope that, that you're doing better for yourself earnings wise. And, yeah. and I'm glad to hear of a better situation on the other side of that leap because that people are justifiably terrified to make that jump. And in a different situation, I probably would be too, but thank yeah. you for, for taking that leap and for showing others that it can be done. Maybe you're even better off if you do it, not just break even, but be better off on the other side. Yeah. Yep. Maybe it will be so good for I'll you. Look. Let's circle back on there. Okay, just a few over on Tippy Stream and DLive, and then we'll hop back into the news. Let's see. Uh, Crypto Crook says it's time to add the letter T to BLM burn, loot, murder, terrorize. They could be BLT if you get rid of the murder, then, I suppose. Mm. Uh, thank you. Kim says, uh, in honor of Thanksgiving, just wanted to shout out my favorite YouTube podcast duo. I'm grateful for both of you and the community you have built. Hope you both had a wonderful Thanksgiving. Well, you as well. It's very much appreciated. And of course, um, I, I think this I is our be niggardly. lovely teacher friend, Kim, who calls in sometimes. Oh, hi, Kim. We love you. So all the best to you, Kim, and hope you had a great Thanksgiving as well. Phil, <laughs> with the spicy takes, let's not let that SUV driving guy get memory hold. <laughs> I don't... To be fair, he only said jogger, but he was a driver, not a jogger. I don't care how much the Wisconsin GOP begs for it not to be politicized. Uh, they need to be <laughs> brought to justice. The only reason uh, criminals like this are allowed to behave badly is because of cucks in the GOP. <laughs> oh. Thank you, Phil. Uh, Phil, I, I didn't, was there an official statement from the Wisconsin GOP that was light on this? I actually didn't see. I don't, okay. I don't know, but there could be. Phil says, um, as a reminder, the GOP got its start getting 600,000 of the best Americans killed for no reason. And then they got worse. We need something better than, uh, subverse, subversive Reaganite garbage from the eighties. Well, there are certainly some flaws, although, I mean, I, if only by comparison, I'd certainly take Ronald Reagan these days, but. You have to you have to wonder how far the uh, by comparison generosity yeah. stretches, because if you're comparing to actual to violent communists, right, uh, almost anything is better. Danny from Montana says maybe you were right. Blonde extended family found out I was not vaccinated and a good chunk did not say hello to me. First time my grandmother did not give me a hug. They are all jabbed up. They're all jabbed too. It blows my mind. Anyway, or anywho, uh, cheers and hail victory, he says. Oh, my God. What a bunch of motherfuckers. I'm sorry to hear it, man. The, the wedges in family are really the, the most devastating and tragic news. Oh, out of all God, of I'm so thankful. If my husband was was all of bitch tits about this, um, it would just be a disaster. Can you even imagine if you had to deal with this from your spouse or your extended family? I, thank God everybody's been cool about it. Yeah, I'm, I'm not looking to pick fights. And of course, um, plenty of people in my family make different decisions. You know, that people want to handle um, the situation for themselves differently. Thankfully, I don't have a lot of um, agents of coercion in my family. Nobody looking yeah. to control other people. So I'm very thankful for that, certainly. Uh, Phil says the McMichaels did nothing wrong. Unfortunately, our uh, our country has been taken over by redacted. Phil actually redacted that, <laughs> not me. And we wow. are supposed to worship. Uh, <laughs> Ooh, what is it? What is it? What is it? We are supposed. I can't even read this one. We're supposed to worship criminals now. Um, if. Uh, um, oh Ooh, man, Phil. he's having if a hard people time. People would understand that you're defending yourself or your family from, uh, from from these criminals. Um, 
you, you don't want that to be illegal. This one was very hard to navigate, but <laughs> thank you, Phil. Yukon Don, uh, thanks for supporting the show again. Uh, very much appreciated. I am not going to be niggardly. Phil, you're going to get the last word for now. Armed robbery was yet another um, was yet another Dindu who was trying to cause problems. Uh, oh, this is a nickname for Ahmad Arbery. Armed was he actually? Did he have an, any kind of armed robbery conviction? Is that factual? Uh, he had a gun charge. Hmm. Uh, trying to cause problems in the neighborhood. Unfortunately, the civil rights regime we have now doesn't um, allow the people of the neighborhood to defend themselves against these criminals. We're expected to just die by the hands of the criminal. Appreciate it, uh, Phil. Trying to get us the uh, the Streamlabs treatment. Let's <laughs> yeah. see if Tippy Stream swings the axe at us, just like Streamlabs did. Uh, thank you, Phil. We'll come back to. Uh, to super chat uh, at the end of the show. I think we're good on uh, D live other than C2K says, um, can we spell it correctly? It's moronic literally as in Omicron is uh, what's the word for a, a word that can be rearranged to spell another word. What's the term for that? I forget. Oh, but oh Omicron can be rearranged to spell. An moronic. anagram. Is that right? I think right? that's correct. Okay. Yeah, I think that's correct. So thank you C2K. And we'll come back to your chats later um, in the show. I'll have to just circle back with you. Back to this Australian story that I mentioned before the break. And um, as I said, this is a story that on its face I thought was too ridiculous to be presented uh, correctly, pr- presented accurately. I thought maybe there's a nugget of truth to this that's being exaggerated. Uh, it was reported by, but it, it's not. Spoiler alert, it's not. Uh, and I watched this debated all over Twitter this week. And in those debates, some of the details were unclear, but it was reported in Zero Hedge and some other outlets this week. Headline, Australian Army begins transferring COVID positive cases and close contacts close contacts to quarantine camps. So this is part of new lockdowns for the um, the small communities of Binjari and Rockhole in the sparsely populated Northern Territory of Australia. And from what I understand, a significant portion of this area, northern Australia, this territory, uh, specifically these communities, a significant portion of them uh, are aboriginal people. And these new lockdowns. So there were a few dozen cases in these communities and there were new stricter lockdowns that were imposed. uh, And those cases were identified late last week into, well, late the week before last week into last weekend and into this prior week. And when I say lockdown, I want to clarify because for us as Americans, lockdown can mean something as simple as, well, you can't get you can't eat food in a restaurant. You have to get it to go. And maybe the event is canceled or something like that. Now, in the Australian context, lockdown means you have five justified reasons to leave your home. And in the context of the Northern Territory's extra strict lockdown, they actually took away three, I guess, three of those five reasons or several of those reasons. As reported in Zero Hedge, the only justifiable reason to leave your home under this new lockdown is for medical treatment or as required <gasps> by law. So you're literally or as required by law. So like a court date or something like that. I guess so. But effectively, you are a prisoner of your own home. That's what lockdown means in this context. And that's Jeez. totalitarian enough. But it doesn't stop at imprisoning people in their own homes like that. It gets more controversial and more totalitarian. The Northern Territory's chief minister, and that's something 
akin to our state governors in the United States, announced that people testing positive in this northern territory, specifically these communities and their close contacts, contacts um, are being relocated to quarantine camps with the help of military vehicles. Now, for context, you've heard of these quarantine camps in Australia and what these quarantine camps, the original purpose of them was that if you are traveling out of Australia and coming back in or potentially even traveling between their states or territories, you then have to stay at one of these facilities for two weeks. I that's bad enough, but at least there's something of a voluntary component to that. You don't if you want to leave the country, you have to do this. If you want to travel between the states, you have to do this. I wouldn't support that, but that's different than forcibly abducting people and putting them into a camp. Which is yeah. what this story alleged, and that's so ridiculous and so outrageous that I thought, ah, come on, there's got to be that something. Can't be it. There's got to be real, something though. I'm, I'm missing here. But Zero Hedge, indeed, they they referred to this um, as the forcible removal of residents from their homes, uh, and this is what the Northern Territory Chief Minister Michael Gunner said about this policy and this action this week. Urgent action to escalate our response in these communities, immediately implementing a hard lockdown. That means residents of Minjari and Rockhole no longer have the five reasons to leave their home. They can only leave for medical treatment in an emergency or if required by law. It's highly likely that more residents will be transferred to House Springs today, either as positive cases or close contacts. We've already identified 38 close contacts in Binjari, and that number will go up. Those 38 are being transferred now. I contacted the Prime Minister last night. We are grateful for the support of about 20 ADF personnel as well as army trucks to assist with the transfer of positive cases and close contacts and to support the communities. Okay, so we're grateful for military assistance in moving these people from their homes to a quarantine camp. And I saw others on Twitter refuting this claim, and they were saying that these are this northern Australia or this northern territory and specifically this area in the northern territory, very sparsely populated, very poor living conditions with very limited medical resources. So the argument I saw presented was that these people who are moving were simply people who had opted to spend their mandatory quarantine at the camp instead of at their home. So if you're if you test positive, you got to go into quarantine as far as I guess Northern Territory or whatever the governing Australian law is. And these people decide this is what was claimed on Twitter. These people decided that because their own living conditions are poor, they would prefer to live at these luxury vacation quarantine camps instead. Now, again, if that was the case, it's not a policy I would support that you are effectively put into a glorified prison because of your positive uh, test result. Right. But it would still be someone saying, well, I'd rather live there for two weeks than live at my house. So I'm going to go there. Now, but again, that would conflict with the phrasing in the reporting here, forcible removal. So I have a source with some connections with the Australian military. So I inquired to get the best sense of the truth that I could, because fundamentally the question here is, are people being forced into quarantine camps or not? Are they going there voluntarily, even if I think that's silly? Now, according to an Australian army major that my source spoke with, the movement of these people and their close contacts is not voluntary it is mandatory this is an australian army major um uh, this australian army major says the army is not themselves doing using any sort of force so it's not like the army is kicking down your door and holding you at gunpoint to move you out 
but the army is providing logistics for moving people. The actual detainment of people is done by police. That's a distinction if you're in the army, but as far as the philosophy of appropriate use of force by the state, it's kind of a distinction without a difference. They're screwed. What are they going to do? At least if this source that I have that I have is to be believed, this is forcible removal of people from their homes put into a camp because they again not just tested positive but because they were a close contact they hung out with or talked to this is china shit this is china level it's crazy and apologists for this policy on twitter also noted the conditions of the camp the conditions of the camp are very very good they have clean living quarters and they have good food and they even have complimentary wi-fi Um, But even if you're imprisoned at Disneyland and it's the vacation of a lifetime, if you can't leave, it's still wrong. Uh, So at least in parts of the allegedly free world, and again, this is a specific area of Australia. I'm not talking about the entire country. I'm talking about a specific territory and specific towns within it. But that is allegedly a part of the free world. And it is officially now just two weeks of forced camp time to slow the spread. This is an escalation. This is an elevation. And in case you have any delusions, oh, if we just uh, comply with the forced camp tour, surely uh, we'll get back to normal very soon. These people are after the absolute control of your mind, not just your your physical presence. Because also this week, that same Northern Territory Chief Minister Michael Gunner, he was asked about opposition to vaccine mandates by people who are themselves vaccinated. So these are people who took the shot because they believe it's necessary or effective for them, but they oppose force or or coercion. He said that they themselves are anti-vaxxers and part of the the crew of villains who need to be dealt with. Listen to this insanity. Do you think at all that your rhetoric around calling people anti-vaxxers, some of whom were vaccinated, has had an impact at all on vaccine take-up in parts of the territory? No. I don't want to repeat it. If you are anti-mandate, you are absolutely anti-vax. I don't care what your personal vaccination status is. If you support, champion, give a green light, give comfort to, support anybody who argues against the vaccine, you are an anti-vaxxer, absolutely. Your personal vaccination status is utterly irrelevant. If you say pro-persuasion, stuff it, shove it. We are absolutely gonna make sure as many territorians as possible are vaccinated. That is our best protection against this thing. I will never back away from supporting vaccines. And anyone out there who comes for the mandate, you are anti-vax. Oh, my God. Right. So has this been about vaccines or is this just about exercising force over other people? And even if you agree with his decision on vaccines and his assessment of vaccines, That's not really what this is about. It's about his right to force that sort of decision on you. I mean, the phrasing there, you can't give comfort to people who are anti-mandate, not just anti-vaccine, anti-mandate. You can't can't give comfort to them as in what? You can't be their friends. You can't uh, (laughs) allow them to come over for a sleepover. What counts as giving comfort to? And no kind words. (laughs) You can't praise them. You can't say that they're cool. And uh, as as though it isn't obvious enough, when mere opinion makes you an enemy of the state, you know that your society is in deep, deep trouble, no matter how distasteful of an opinion you think that may be. And of course, I say that with full acknowledgement that we have flavors of this in our country, too. There are all sorts of mere opinions that get you, if not 
um, the immediate attention of law enforcement based solely on the opinion, extra scrutiny of law enforcement for crimes you may or may not commit based solely on your mm-hmm. opinion. So we have our own tendencies yeah. there too. But man, I just if you're in Australia or if you're in the United States who honestly is not super far behind any of this, understand they don't stop until they have your full submission. And that means even the contents of your mind itself. You don't even have full ownership of that. Absolute insanity. How disheartening to see this in a Western country. I expect yeah. this from Asians, you know? <laughs> yeah. Uh, and like I said, I, I, I'm not, I may have phrased some things incorrectly. I'm not an, I'm super familiar with Australian politics and all the culture down there, but I have this image of Crocodile Dundee and Steve Irwin and all these rugged men who don't give a shit about anything, living a free mm-hmm. life, chugging fosters, getting stabbed by stingrays in the ocean, but men who aren't afraid of danger and all the dangers that are present in the, the, the legend of the Australian outback. And, and it's yeah, uh, no more. I don't say this to defame Australia any more than I defame my own country, but it's again, it's part of those, broad harsher realizations that that my belief that people would stick up for their own freedom and their own rights to the end is uh is sorely misplaced yeah well uh let's talk about this lubbock case because this is absolute insanity i wish i could have devoted more time to it but i'll probably have to be a little quicker than i would have liked but after the written house yeah it's uh so bizarre after the um the written house verdict uh, has come and gone of course another self-defense case on video has emerged or at least a claimed self-defense case. Uh, this one, uh, at least in my opinion, is a lot more debatable than the Rittenhouse case. But these yeah. are the facts. Um, 54-year-old Chad Reed, who you see on the right of your screen there, or the right of the, the confrontation here, he's in the teal or green shirt. He was shot dead at the home of Kyle Carruth. Do you know how to pronounce that? Carruth. Carruth, Okay. At this home, which is Kyle Carruth's by Kyle Carruth holding the gun there. This was on November 5th. Now, Chad had an 11 year old son. The family situation here is some real Jerry Springer shit. Oh, yeah. Okay. so correct me if I'm wrong. And I had you look at this just to confirm that my understanding was correct. Um, His okay. So Chad on the right has an 11 year old son. His wife and the uh, his wife is, of course, the boys. No, his ex-wife is the the boy's boy's mother. mother. Who's now dating Kyle, the guy in the black shirt on the left, and hence why married. Yes. Yes. So that's why this confrontation is happening at his home. Right. He's married, but they're separated. He's married to a judge. He's married to a judge, but but they're separated and he's now dating Kyle or Chad's Mm ex-wife. So just to recap, to make this simple, Chad is the teal shirt guy. He's at the uh, he's the dad of the boy whose mom is now dating Kyle, who's the black shirt guy. That's what we're going with. And the long angle video that we'll see here in a moment is taken by Jennifer Reed, Chad's new wife. And Chad in this video is heard in a dispute with the residents of Kyle's house about the whereabouts of his son. And Chad could be heard saying that he gets his son at 315 and he's angry about um, his son not being available to him. At the start of the available video, Kyle is seen leaving his porch and entering his home, and he then returns with what looks like a a 9mm carbine telling Chad to leave his property. Chad refuses and gets aggressive with Kyle, and then Chad gets physical. Kyle fires a warning shot. Well, Kyle fires a warning shot. Chad gets physical, and ultimately, Kyle shoots Chad dead. Now, I can't show you the moment of the shooting, because of Susan's restrictions, but I can show you 
everything but that. Uh, here is what the scene looked like from two different angles. So Ch- uh, Kyle goes in the house there. Chad stays out arguing. I'll go get him. I'm supposed to have him at 315. If you want to see him, you see him up until 315. You keep trying to keep my son from me. I'm fixing to drag you and Anne-Marie and everybody else into court. I'm subpoenaing your mom. I'm subpoenaing Anne Marie. on video. I'm very yeah, I am. Please do it right. You better fucking use it, motherfucker. Because goddamn it, I'll take it from you and fucking call the police. Call the police. Call nine one one. Call nine one one. Call nine one one. Call nine one one. Those are the two deadly shots. Here's another angle from in the house. And then here's the aftermath. You did it, not him. I told you. I told all of y'all to leave. We came to get her, his son. He's not here. She should have told that. She should have told that. None of y'all should be here. None of y'all should be here. I asked you to leave. I did everything. I did not want to do any of this. Oh my gosh. This is some white trash nonsense. Well, as you noted uh, when we were talking about this, of all the oddities, the lack of reaction, that's Chad's wife filming from the faraway angle. So she's just watched her husband shot and bleeding out, and she's just sitting there debating casually with the guy who shot him. And neither one of them. She should have had the kid ready. I think she says that after he's (laughs) dead. It's like, what are you doing? Like, what? Neither one of them seem really to care about rendering aid to to Chad, who dies uh, as a result of this shooting. And as of now, Kyle has not been charged with a crime, though the investigation Mm -hmm. continues. We are seeing the video now because Jennifer Reed's attorney has decided to release it. So this is Chad's wife who's taking that long angle video. She is seeking to get custody of Chad's son away from the boy's mother, Christina, who's dating Kyle, the guy who shot Chad. So there's which a- is crazy town because that's the biological mother, although she seems like she's a fucking disaster. So- I guess her her argument is Kyle is a crazy, violent person. Yeah, you can't have my kid with Kyle. So per that petition in court, the video would have become publicly uh, publicly available anyway. So the lawyers have decided to release it. A statement from Kyle's lawyer implies police view this as a case of justified self-defense. Attorney David Gwynn, who is Kyle's attorney, says the video, quote, confirms the Lubbock police's thorough work reflects this as a justified homicide. In other words, self-defense. When a trespassing Chad Reed advanced on Mr. Carruth, who was standing within feet of his front door, uh, standing within feet of. Uh, within feet of the front door of his home and office employees there as well. Mr. Reed said, I'll take your gun and effing kill you with it. And then tried to, it was then and only then that the gun uh, was pointed at Mr. Reed at that fatal moment. Mr. Reed had every opportunity to leave, to try to escalate or deescalate the situation. He was threatening to others. Police had been called and he knew that Mr. Carruth came out of, uh, came out the door Uh, The gun pointed in the air and told him to leave. Most people would have. Obviously, I'm not a Texas lawyer, but here's my understanding of Texas's self-defense laws and Texas's castle doctrine. In Texas, lethal force is justified when someone 
unlawfully attempts to enter your home, when someone attempts to forcibly remove you from your home, or when someone is attempting to commit a felony in your home or on your property. Notably, Texas also does allow the use of lethal force to protect property if the property owner reasonably believes it is necessary to prevent imminent arson, burglary, robbery, and other felony property crime. The law specifies during uh, this law specifies during the nighttime. So I'm not sure if it would apply here or not. Uh, but the property owner must also reasonably believe that the property cannot be protected by other means. But all of that is separate from just a pure self-defense case because I don't even have to make a property-based argument. The second the guy says explicit threats yeah. and reaches for the gun is really more a defensive person type engagement at that point. But my overall take on this uh, reminds me a lot of the dumpster defender situation. Yeah, it is a lot like that. Um, in that, that Kyle, the black shirt guy, he may very well be legally square, uh, but that doesn't mean that that everyone it's here not is morally acting. square, though. I hate everybody in this. I wish he would have also killed the mom and the, the stepmom <laughs> and then killed himself. That's that's how uh, this should have gone. Um, uh, le- all legally, finished. Yeah, really. <laughs> Better word. <laughs> legally, yeah. I think he's fine, though, because of the threat and the warning shot. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, it, both guys could have walked away and had much better results. And I, I say that with acknowledgement that it's on, on Kyle's property and, and Chad is on his porch. If Chad had decided to bust into his house, eh, I mean, that that escalates a little bit, too. But I have criticism for everybody. So Chad Reed, the teal shirt guy who, who got who was killed, um, even if you have a legitimate custody beef and all infer from this situation or guess that he probably has something of a legitimate custody beef. Right. You can't hang out on someone else's property if they ask you to leave and you can't do it as persistently as he did. And you definitely can't hang out on somebody's property if a gun is introduced into the situation. Yeah. Rightly or wrongly, it's time to leave at that point. And he does not do that. You absolutely cannot verbally threaten a guy on his property and then grab his gun and get physical with him. That that to me is likely the deciding factor here. Yeah. That doesn't mean I don't have criticism for Kyle, the black shirt guy. Uh, first and foremost, don't date single moms because it never ends well. And I, yeah. I say that yeah, for real. I say that jokingly, but seriously speaking, um, it does often mean there's a dad out there who now wants to kill you. Yeah. And that's kind of what happened here. Ugh. But even throw that out the window because it's not strictly relevant. Uh, if you do end up in such a scenario. There are no warning shots. You either shoot to stop the threat or you don't. Warning shots. Uh, he almost blew an, that guy's foot off. He could have killed. I mean, he he could have killed somebody else too. Yeah. Well, you, you never know. Does that round ricochet? I understand. He probably has a wood porch. It's not likely to bounce off that. I suppose. But the point is, you don't take. You take shots to stop the threat, or you don't. You don't do warning shots. Mm-hmm. Uh, and when he does take the shot, or the two that that kill Chad. Not only has some distance been created between them and then he kind of moves back into it. Granted, that's distance created by the physical force of Chad. So I'm not discounting that. But there is yeah. physical distance and he then kind of reintroduces into the situation. He's not necessarily being chased at that point. But I got to criticize taking a shot at your own house. Now, if it's your property, I, I guess if it's your property, shoot your house if you want. But we know someone's inside there because we have that second video angle. Yeah. So he's shooting in the direction of another person. I have to question that decision. And as we debate who the real victim is here, the undisputed victim is absolutely the kid. Uh, he is the victim of parents who failed to stay together. And he's the victim of his uh, either 
the victim of his real dad or his new dad or or both, but both failed to put his interest first. If either guy puts the interest of that kid ahead of their own passions, the situation doesn't end this way. Yeah. So I don't know any any details that you want to emphasize. I I, I wouldn't be surprised if they're legally square, but I just I um, I got to disagree with some of the decisions here. Yeah, I'm not really sure that that matters. I mean, we should be looking at these from a moral standpoint and then from a legal standpoint, I suppose. So everybody behaved badly in this. You know what the first problem was in all of this? The divorce. It does start there. Yeah. It starts there. And now there are all these other people involved and all these people with vested interests. And you have a broken home and you got another wife and you got a boyfriend and you got a stepmom. It's a fucking disaster. It's like if these people never got divorced, they wouldn't be dealing with a custody dispute. These people wouldn't want to kill each other. Um, and you know, initially my instinct was to be sympathetic to Chad because he has a custody arrangement he's going to pick up his son and his wife is dicking him around with her new boyfriend, her new married boyfriend, who's much younger and better looking by the way. <laughs> so I'm kind of sympathetic to him, but you know, when somebody pulls out a gun and you're on their property and you're threatening them and they give you a warning shot, they're serious. You need to not be fucking around. Like, what are you doing? Someone's going to get killed. And this was just a, a, you know, a dick measuring competition that turned horribly wrong. Yeah. Um, so I kind of don't feel bad for anybody. Uh, I hope the stepmom doesn't get custody, but also I don't care. The real victim in this is this kid who has 100%. this fucked up white trash family and has to deal with all this, you know, some other dude that killed your dad banging your mom. The kid is going to be saying, not only are you not my real dad, you killed my real dad. You killed my dad. Yeah. It's a tough spot. And not not like, really necessary given the circumstances. Speaking of um, horrible decision making that uh, puts children in terrible situations. I mean, in this mm-hmm. case, an unborn child, but a- another absolutely crazy self-defense case. A pregnant woman in Florida was shot dead after an intentional hit and run, at least according to investigators. And, and pointing a gun at the guy that she hit when he pursued her. This is Sarah Nicole Morales. She was yeah. a 35-year-old librarian in Orange City, Florida. Her family says she was four to five months pregnant. Authorities say she had road rage and intentionally hit a motorcyclist. 40-year-old Andrew Durr. No relation. He spells it different. <laughs> it's not, not Edward's son, in case you were wondering. But after she hit him, she fled the scene and Durr and a witness called police and pursued her. She went to her home and went inside. She called 911 claiming that Durr was unlawfully following her. And when Durr approached the home while she was still on the phone with dispatch, she went out uh, out of the front of the home. And according to Durr and somewhat corroborated by the um, 911 call, she pointed a gun at him and, and Durr, who was concealed carrying, shot her in response. And she died yeah. at the hospital later. Crazy Durr- bitch. Durr can be heard on the 911 call saying, quote, she tried to pull a gun on me. He repeated the same claim to uh, in his surrender to police shortly thereafter. Durr has cooperated with investigators. The investigation is still ongoing. But an Orange uh, City Police Department lieutenant says he does not anticipate any charges for Durr. Morales not only leaves behind her unborn child, uh, she also coincidentally leaves behind an 11 year old daughter and her fiance. Yeah, what's Just up with this broken home situation from this crazy bitch that got her baby killed? Librarians, you gotta watch out. What a psycho. Psycho. That is psychotic nonsense. Unless I'm unless I'm missing something here, this gets back to the citizen's arrest law too. But it's not just Durr saying, listen, she intentionally hit me. There's a witness to corroborate his claims. Yeah. So 
to the prior discussion on citizens arrest. I mean, this is immediate knowledge of a crime that was committed and fled and a felony. Yeah. And they pursued her. I don't know what Florida's laws are, but just on the moral standard that we discussed earlier, they pursued her justifiably. And once you point a gun at somebody, it's anything goes, man. Uh, you're you've you've forfeited your right to life at I that know. point. So and you know you what the first misstep shot. in this one is what letting women drive. <laughs> Mistakes have been made all around. This shit yep. doesn't happen in Saudi Arabia, or at least before. I think they allow women now, but they used to. They, they didn't that, use that's it. not based. They've <laughs> regressed. Okay, quick case of hoax hate. And now the nobody saw it happen, but it's totally a product of Trump's America hoax hate crime of the week. Ah, shit, it's backwards. You think they'll notice? Outside of Detroit at Bloomfield Hills High School, a 15-year-old student and her father have filed a 150 million bajillion quadrillion dollar lawsuit. Actually, 150 million dollars against the school and the principal and the superintendent saying they have not done enough to stop the racism at the school after the student allegedly discovered not one but two pieces of racist graffiti in what? campus bathrooms. Here's the story. He said, why is this all happening? I don't understand what's going on. I'm a good person. It's been an intense couple of weeks for Cedric McCarroll and his 15-year-old daughter at Bloomfield Hills High School. For me, seeing my daughter waking up in cold sweats, saying, Dad, um, I was just dreaming that uh, white men were chasing me that they were trying to kill me. Cedric and his attorney, Leonard Mungo, filing a $150 million lawsuit against the <laughs> school, principal, and district superintendent, saying they have not done enough to stop the racism. Protests after racist graffiti found twice in the school, reported by the same female student, both with similar threats saying, quote, kill all the then a racial slur. I have not seen this level of gross and flagrant expressions of racial hatred uh, than to kill children because of their race. The heat on the district calling for things to cool down, choosing to do virtual learning instead of in person for the days before Thanksgiving break. In response to the recent issues, the district sent letters to parents, held training for staff and hosted a community meeting to discuss race issues. Oh my God. Uh, what's the term? If true, don't care. Yeah, oh my God, get over <laughs> it. It's $150 million for what? Why? If you didn't catch, it's uh, some sort of bathroom stall and then brick wall uh, writing that says kill all the, I presume, N-words. So and who, then, fa- who found these? Um, right. These- Amazing that this daughter found both. What luck. No. What unbelievable. They just must be everywhere. She fucked up. She should have enlisted the help of one of her sympathetic Black Panther friends. Yeah, you go in on this as a group and each of you happens to find them just coincidentally. But even if this is a legitimate act, as we said, um, is it worthy of uh, some sort of punishment for the offending actor? I I suppose. Is it worth one hundred and fifty million dollars to this student specifically? This student wasn't even specifically targeted. It doesn't say kill this specific 15 year old girl. It says kill 
all the n-words we're supposed to believe so do all black students get 150 million dollars or just her because she has bad dreams about white people chasing her according to her dad oh my gosh and the more subtle part all the students were punished with remote learning for this nonsense i say punished the school wouldn't characterize it as a punishment they would say it's in pursuit of safety and uh whatever mental health after this sort of uh incident this is a nice area of detroit isn't it i don't know much about the area but uh, Mm -hmm. i know it's the detroit area is there a such thing as a nice area of detroit yeah there's one area of detroit that's like one of the richest areas in the country Hmm. it's a suburb it's where crowder's from i can't remember the, the name this school is is so gutless that they throw all the kids under the bus to appease the mob instead of waiting for any sort of investigation or dare I say evidence. But that's really unf- I'd be so pissed off if I'm a parent at this school. It's like, all right. I mean, we have some kind of inappropriate vandalism going on. But why is my kid being denied uh, in-person education that's supposed to be the standard here because of um, some sort of crayon writing on the wall? And we don't even know who did it or why they did it. And we're just going to punish every student because of it. Lowest common denominator. Everyone shall have a compromised education to make sure that we all suffer. That's uh, usually how this sort of thing goes. I also have some surprise cringe. And I'm pretty confident you probably didn't see this one. As always, the video submission first. Nothing to do and nowhere to go. I'm working this job with nothing to show. The bills pile up fast, money trickles and slow. Wish my pockets were as rich as my flow. I'm clever as sin and never again will I ever let anyone else try to win over my conscience and bring my soul down. True confessions like Usher, I go around with them fast. Sometimes I come off a little too strong. I just care about things like civil rights and wrongs. Now I'm not here to brainwash your mind. I just want everyone in the world to unite for human kind and pound to the feet, pound, pound to the feet, pound to the feet, pound, pound to the feet. All my life, I thought at my age, I'd be happy, content, and wise like a sage. Instead, I feel like I'm trapped in a cage, helpless and seething, unquenchable rage. Okay, any guess at who that is? I swear to God, I will start drinking again. I'll do it. (laughs) Rittenhouse Rye. Uh, Highly recommend. Okay, um, her piano lack of rhythm and haughty attitude lead me to believe that she's um in some professorial profession it's some something um something academic-y uh i don't know it's possible that that's correct but did you hear the the controversy this week involving mary lemansky did you hear that Mm-mm. name Mary Lemansky was the uh, social media manager of the democratic party in dupage county illinois and she was fired this week after she tweeted in response to the Waukesha attack. It was probably just self-defense. Hashtag Wisconsin. Hashtag Kyle Rittenhouse. She got a lot of flack for that tweet. And then replying no. to some of that criticism, she responded, uh, I'm sad. I'm sad. Anytime someone dies, I just believe in karma. And this came around quick on the citizens of Wisconsin. So the children run a over. Bunch of by, kids. Yeah, they are. Facing karma. Okay, so she's a Democratic, a county Democratic Party social media manager. She tweets this out. She gets fired, and the party fired her, saying, uh, We as a party disavow Mary's Twitter comments, the sentiment behind them. We are with the victims of this tragedy. Now, as far as this cat lady rap, internet sleuths uh, dug into Mary Lemansky and discovered this entire 
45 minute concert in what looks like her home or living room. Uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm shocked to say just like our, uh, our, our opinion article on harassing your relatives about Thanksgiving. I'm shocked to say <sighs> that becoming a, de- a Democrat party cat lady has apparently led to a, an unsatisfied life for this woman. Um, ironic when she talks about karma, she appears to uh, be facing it herself, I suppose. And, and just for clarification, unless she did a 45 minute home concert for irony, which you go through it, it includes a lot of serious singing, not just this pound to the beat rap. Um, this is not ironic or meant to be a joke. You pay attention to some of those lyrics and she talks about expecting to be fulfilled at her age and expecting to be uh, satisfied with her fight for civil rights. Yet she's still in a state of continuous rage. Uh, oh, my God. <laughs> I was oh not able to God. confirm if she, in fact, has Blonde's disease, if she's single, childless, whatever, whatever's going on have to keep here. calling it that? I have a kid. <laughs> it's the disease that you diagnose. All right. It's a little bit unfair, but just so people understand. It's the disease that Blonde diagnoses. Not the That's bu- true. Not the disease that Blonde has. It's just called Blonde's disease I because know. of that. I wish it could have been something cool I invented, like the Heimlich maneuver, you know? <laughs> sad uh, cat lady disease. Yeah. So uh, speaking of karma, I guess she's going to have to bank on this music career to get her out of her recent firing from the local county Democratic Party in uh, Illinois. Oh, my God. Why Anything would else you, you do have... this to me? <laughs> oh, you can watch the, you can the, watch the full 45 seen. minute concert. It involves no. piano and guitar. I will it's, not. It's still up. I will not. And what's with her dress? Why is she wearing that? I don't know. I don't know. But it's got all sorts of different musical genres, each of them worse than the last, if you ask me. Well, at least we can talk about Starship Troopers. Although, before we do this, I think you hated it. But don't tell me. Let's do it. (laughs) We got to properly introduce the bit. Okay. Okay. In a world of movie references flying over his head, one man will finally watch them. This is the Matt and Blonde Show Movie Review. This week's movie is the 1997 adaptation of Robert Heinlein's sci-fi novel Starship Troopers. At least the movie being a story of three high school students who join the military to fight an alien species of bugs called arachnids from movie picker, uh, picker Whiskey Noodle. I think this movie is in the spirit of what the movie of the week segment is all about. It's a popular film that spawned a bunch of memes relevant to the current political climate. It may be a bit more shallow than the book as far as the philosophy goes, but there's still something to chew on and the action scenes hold up decently for something made over two decades ago. As always, your review and your rating. Okay, I do like to predict what you think about it, but I think that you hated it. Because this movie, if it's not immediately recognized that this whole movie is satirical, then it would probably be really confusing. So like the first 20 minutes of this movie, I was like, what the fuck is happening? Had you seen it before this or was this your first watch? I did not rewatch it because I just watched it six months ago with my oh, Okay, So you've, you've um, seen it prior to, to, to this bit yeah. at least. Yeah. And I had to be walked through it a little bit. Like for a while I was like, what is going on? Like mm-hmm. what's going on? Um, but once I... I got the vibe that this was a a satire. It was based on a on a, a young adults book, I believe. Um, and it's it's about the nature of authoritarianism 
And there's some good stuff about the dangers of egalitarianism too, because the men and the women get, you know, thrown into the army and killed equally. Um, and then how a society that's defined by militarism kind of, uh, it becomes necessarily inhumane. Like there's that scene where um, Doogie Hauser is like, he puts his hand on the bug and, and the bug has these big soulful eyes and he's like, it's afraid. <laughs> and everybody cheers. It's like, are we any better than these bug creatures? Like just because we're disgusted by them and they have all these legs and they're these arachnid type gross creatures are, are is this society any better than these people? I was kind of rooting for the bugs to win at the end. Um, hmm. So I think the key for this movie is extracting the humor out of it by knowing that it's satire and without that it, it would kind of be a disaster um but you can kind of see the hilarity in in these repeat soulless action sequences it's just like action 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 senseless death senseless death and i think that that's what the movie was about it was about the society that had turned all of its people into numbers into mindless killing machines uh, a totally broken society. Um, and at the end, Johnny and Carmen, they had lost all of these friends horrifically. They had to kill people. Um, they ended up recruiting others to take the places of those people that they lost, thinking that they were doing the best thing for their society. They were just numbers. It isn't how is isn't that how their society had formed itself? Like just just seeing all of these people as um replaceable and inhuman uh and so after all the senseless violence it's like well maybe the bug should win and then that's kind of it that's how the movie ends carmen and johnny just doing what they shouldn't be doing sending people to their death um i thought it was hilarious i don't know but i have a feeling that you did not like what's it. your rating four to five that's this four I, out of five wow it's a great movie if i would have seen it when it came out i would have been like this is garbage but having seen it <laughs> with the proper context in 2021 yeah um i loved it it's great well you you know me well because my biggest takeaway after watching this movie was what the hell have i just watched maybe the bugs <laughs> did win it's there's so many yeah. so many things left unexplained so many just unclear, ambiguous things about this movie that, that left me uh, feeling really unsatisfied. It's like, all right, the bug guts, I guess, are kind of cool, but I've seen enough of that. Yeah, I, I can't. So I gather uh, or I'm guessing, given the praise for the book, I bet this is a case where the book far exceeds the movie or has a lot more. Always. depth. The book almost always exceeds. There's got to be a lot of depth here that I'm missing because I was promised a little more than exploding bug guts. I don't even and know even... what the book is a book in entitled Starship Troopers. I, I believe so. Yeah. But uh, obviously I've not read it now. Things I can positive things I can say about the movie. Um, the I as far as the comedy, I did find the the military propaganda, the recruitment ads to be decently funny, Too handing funny out guns enough. to the kids and ammo to the kids and the kids smashing cockroaches. That was um, reasonably funny. And then, of course, it, it revealed the I'm doing my part meme to me, which anytime I get, you know, the whole point of this segment is understanding cultural references and all that. So obviously that was gained yeah. and I can uh, give credit for that. The action um, and effects were, were decently good, especially for their time. They mixed CGI and practical effects 
pretty seamlessly and pretty convincingly for yeah. a late 90s movie especially when a lot of the cgi stuff was still it had an incredibly high budget i think it was like a hundred million dollars so it did they lose money budget. on this movie or did they did they uh was I, it actually I actually profitable? don't know i don't think it was received very well roger ebert gave it a terrible hmm. review as far as the interactions with the bugs i mean that's the difficult that's the most difficult thing to achieve when you're mixing all these effects not just that the bugs look good but that they actually interact with humans convincingly and for the most part i thought they did so i can give praise for that now as i mentioned uh i just i finished the movie and thought what the hell have i just watched did i watch a comedy did i watch a war drama did i watch a love story? Did I watch some sort of philosophical message? This to me was one of those movies that kind of tries to do a lot of things, but doesn't do any one of them very well. I can see that. I, I thought the cartoonish presentation really cut against the drama. I thought that the love story took time away from what could have been more explored philosophical thoughts or uh, plot lines. And then to, to me in the end, it was just, it was, un why did I watch this other than for exploding bug guns? The, the lessons or the morals aren't clear to me. And some of the plot points, as I mentioned, were unexplained. So if this is a love story, did Johnny and Carmen get back together? That's not really tied up. They kind of walked away together. Oh, yeah. I, I guess it's implied. If, if the brain bug is the big mystery of the movie, uh, what exactly is it? And what was it doing with this brain sucking? I guess it was trying to understand people. Mm-hmm. So maybe that is is the the plot point there but another thing with the with the brain bug the brain bug as far as i understand is the only one who does the brain sucking right none of the other minion bugs do the brain sucking do they i don't think so at least not in the movie but i'm pretty how, sure it was like the queen bug how did the brain bug brain suck the first guy that they discovered when it was in this tight quarter area i don't remember how the hell did that happen <laughs> i know i'm kind of in the weeds here but but then uh, just broad level things like you guys have you're, you're shooting shoulder fired mini nukes at the bugs periodically. Why in the hell are we not just nuking the bugs? There are literally no human considerations to nuking the bugs, no earthly considerations, because this isn't happening on Earth, except for when they bug bombed Buenos Aires from their planet or whatever they did. Nuke the bugs. Why would you? <sighs> I guess I know that makes a terrible movie. So why would you do that? But philosophical themes. Left unexplored. Yeah. I gather you can see the satire uh, of, of this militaristic society that you're talking about and the, the, the tragedy of sending bright young people to unnecessary deaths in war. The, the director, who, by the way, directed Total Recall, which I loved. So mm -hmm. I'm not saying he does terrible work all the time. This was not for me. But um, he said that the, the message of the movie is that um, we like enemies. The idea that uh, sometimes like a common hatred of a person or a thing right, is a, brings a society together if it, if not a good thing it's like a force for unity and a force for cohesion um but like one i'll give you an example like all of these philosophical concepts were just only surface level explored and trying to get more out of them is really scraping the barrel for me the biggest glaring example there was this moment where the first sky marshal uh, resigns after the first defeat because you know, he's the face of the defeat. So then they bring in um, the second sky marshal and she says something about how we, it's a fight the bug. We have to understand the bug. And I was thinking, okay, we're going to get like a philosophical shift here and maybe there'll be some kind of appeasement or maybe there'll be some lessons to learn from that. Instead, it's just more bug guts. And that moment really means nothing that, that was never more, uh, more fully explored. So it's just like hints of some deeper meaning that just get glossed over and then it's just infinite ammo and um, and bug guts forever. And speaking of the infinite ammo, 
I know this is a very minor point, and I know that the point of the movie is trying to satirize the military and war, so the guns are meant to be huge and exaggerated and silly, but it was total video game stuff. Like, this is infinite ammo forever, and sometimes that's just the concept of the movie. They did that, and they live, too, where it's just shooting infinite rounds. Nobody ever reloads, but then they kind of undermined that silliness in that point when once and only once a female soldier says I'm out of ammo and a fellow soldier tosses her like a small 20 or 30 round mag. Here you go. Mm-hmm. How are they running infinite ammo out of these 20 or 30 round mags? And if they are, who the hell is carrying all this ammo? Just like go, <laughs> you're overthinking it, go full silly or just, and just erase that point or make it realistic and make ammo limitation, uh, a consideration on the battlefield. But they did both and it just made no sense. So, This is not in absolute hate territory for me. I I did get some chuckles and, you know, the action sequences were cool enough that it earns just a two wiki rating from me. It's definitely a no for me, dog. Again, the best I can say is I bet the book is way better. So I'm not dumping on the entire idea. I think somebody just didn't give the book its... uh, it's uh, yeah and i've also heard that the um director was was not like a huge fan of the book that it, that the movie's not really based on the book hmm. i don't know if that's true because i don't read the book so of the early vote most people are in your camp but this is pretty polarizing we have 31 percent of early voters giving it your four wikis 26.8 percent not far behind giving it a one wiki yeah i see that I so see there's that. a lot of hate for this movie too yeah, uh, that's uh, that's notable. Next week, Leon, the professional. I thought it was going to be oh, V really? for Vendetta, but uh, Leon, the professional wins. So we will watch that for next week. Cool. And as far as the movie after that, December's nominations come from listener full semi 1776. V for Vendetta is up again. The Patriot, Dirty Harry, Gladiator, Heat, Interstellar, Apocalypto. Or, of course, you can reject the list and pick a random top rated movie instead. Be sure to head on over to the movie review column and vote if you want to see a particular movie v for vendetta with the early lead so if you want to see that vote for that if you don't like want that movie vote for something else and a reminder if you uh if you would like to read my movie reviews comment on how wrong i am submit your own rating vote for the next movie and sign up for the chance to nominate the movies for the month the one and only place to do that is in my weekly movie review column linked in the description and on the home page of the website that's mattchristensenmedia.com and that'll do it. Thought we were going to be done early, but you know, a lot of, uh, that's my, that's my fault for not realizing how deep the Ahmad Arbery stuff no. actually is. Well, you've seen a fair number of movies now. Uh, yeah, well, we've been doing this since what, like May at some point. So we're right about a half year. You're talking about so, 25 movies or so. 25 movies. Yeah. That's pretty, that's yeah. pretty good. By the end of this, you'll um, have the uh, movie knowledge of the average American. This was the first movie nomination that I watched with my parents. A, a family gathering. A Thanksgiving oh, what did Eve. they think of it? Uh, they thought it was crap. I asked my parents. They <laughs> said it was a one wiki for sure. <laughs> yeah. Uh, they didn't really understand you. it. They didn't yeah, really understand okay. it. Yeah. I can see that. Um, yeah. Should I reload this? I guess I'll get through this. Okay. Um. Let's see. Tell my previous six figure job to suck it. I read that one. Okay. Finger binger. <laughs> I'll be watching tomorrow. But wanted to show you guys some love. The follower formerly known as Amber, Amber the drunken pickle maker. <laughs> oh, yeah. I hope the pickles are going well. Boogeyman 917. Thank hope you. Hope you both had a great Thanksgiving with your families. Cheers. Cheers to you. 
Yeah, Sean it was a nice. Uh, it was nice to have a little bit of not paying attention to the news for a couple of days. I don't know about you. Yeah. Oh yeah, it was that nice. Was well there received. were just kids everywhere running around destroying my house. Ah um, yes. Let's see, Sean McVeigh. Regarding the Texas shooting, Rakita's Friday stream was asking the real questions. My ex-wife boyfriend killed me. Is that death by simp? <laughs> that's, a, that's a that's a fair philosophical that question. Is. I bought yeah. PN. No note. Thank you, sir. A long down, John. I cried myself to sleep when I read Matt Starship Troopers review. <laughs> How dare he? But the book is definitely worth a read. It explains the civics in the in that universe better than the four wiki movie. I can see that. So I'm not trying to say that uh, the book, the book's work is crap. I just don't know. I, I can see enough here. Again, it's like with that, the case of the replacement Sky Marshal, I can see hints of interesting philosophical concepts. And then they just, they just get pulled away and nothing really yeah. comes of them. I can see that too. Um, I did have to be talked through it uh, before. Cause I was like, this is garbage. Um, Fissure says my job is a set uh, is set to enforce the vax mandate on January 4th. I'm a senior ops manager and an army vet. If they enforce it, I walk. People would rather live comfortably uh, on their knees before tyranny than, than uncomfortably on their feet as free men. And what right on right on. Good for you. That's brave. Just so I understand his job is going to be enforcing the vaccine mandate and he's walking away from set that? to enforce the vax mandate. His job oh, his is jo- set to enforce it. Yeah. Oh, his job is set. To, okay, so, so he's it's going to be enforced. He's going to get him, whacked. Yeah. Um, well, yeah. I mean, man, uh, thank you for for standing up for what you believe in, and thank you for serving the country as well. It, it boggles my mind. I just read a story too earlier in the week about how, about how an ER there's an ER in a certain city in New York that is shutting down because of lack of ability to staff because of vaccine mandate bullshit. And again, what it's like surprise. even if you think the virus is dangerous, wouldn't you rather have someone at the ER? Yeah. Wouldn't you rather nobody? have a guy in the army to protect you if we yeah. need that sort of thing? You know, I, whatever danger you think the virus presents, the Chinese army taking a boat ride into uh, into the San Francisco Bay is a much bigger threat. And we might yeah. want to have guys prepared to fight that off if we have to unbelievable but thank robin you robin d banks oh no omicron variant oh golly gee willy whackers will will ackers willikers <laughs> did i say willy whacker and will ackers oh, sounds like I'm the sorry. name of an unknown actor will ackers will ackers um whatever shall we do she said while cackling hysterical like hillary slowly getting faded on platies in her commie block apartment not giving an f i know hmm. geez i'm i'm so scared of this omicron variant um dj i for one welcome our new omicron variant overlords that's kind of where i am right now i'm like bring on the the, the litany of strains each strain more <laughs> dangerous than the next because that's how viruses work yeah uh, um issues says the other great thing about the omicron variant is they skipped the g variant clearly no reason needs to be stated on why the World Health Organization needed to skip it. I know. Oh, no, they did. They did explain. They straight yeah, up said, yeah, we don't a... want people named G. But it's all to... those G's. All <laughs> it's all the G's. G's. We wouldn't want to be unfair to them. Um, Jacko, I had no idea Blonde was a real person with a real name until that Thanksgiving stream. I always thought she was a really good CGI character that Matt made to say the things he wanted to but couldn't. You know, <laughs> I, I do have more. I have like hundreds of videos unrelated to this podcast that are out there that's true was the stream Um, you did on thanksgiving it was Ah. it was with black black pigeon speaks on his channel felix rex it also was posted to my channel which i probably should take that down because it doesn't need to be in two places but 
but it is. Uh, Yiz the eunuch, white guilt and the narrative of anti-white lies are killing us. We were defeated by words and we can take back our destiny with words. You should all read the book, Go Free by Jason Cohn. Um, funny, I talked about this with Black Pit and Speaks in my interview and the war of the words. At, on the right, we do need to do a better job of um, defining our movement and our characteristics as a movement in Oh, I can't even believe I'm going to say this, but like more inclusive language. It needs to be like, <laughs> it needs to be like more, um, the left is so good at this, uh, at saying things, uh, that, you know, like the, like dreamers and things like that. Why can't we do that? They're good we at branding. You might say they're branding. They're excellent propagandists and they're good at branding. And we need a little bit of that on the right. Well, I think the the fundamental point about words being effective is also true. I think that there's a moral obligation to use your words until you absolutely can't. But I think the truth of the matter is that that in general, you're going to more effectively persuade someone with uh, thoroughly thought out words than you will with the barrel of a gun. Don't get me wrong. The barrel of the gun has its application, and that is in strict, legally defined self-defense scenarios, Susan. Yeah. I'm not saying it doesn't have a, a, a purpose. Um, clearly, we wouldn't possess them if they had no purpose. But yeah, I, I mean, I'm, I'm never going to abandon the power of the word until we absolutely have to. And I think that's how you um, you actually get people on your side as opposed to merely under your thumb, I suppose. Yeah, although I take that. Not going to buck. Um, <laughs> as long as it's been, my thumb. My thumb. No, I got I don't the best ones. <laughs> we've been disheartened to learn that people are enjoying our product and using it for celebration. It is intended for sad alcoholics and violent abusers written. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I, uh, <laughs> suddenly yeah. they've become morally aware of the uh, improper uses of their booze. Yeah. Wow. Yep. Eric J. Can we please get rid of this cruel and unusual punishment deal? Violence is the only thing people like Jojo understand. Bet if you chopped off the hand of those looters in Cali, they wouldn't do it again. <laughs> well, I don't even know that uh, I, I understand the urge. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, we're too far as far as appropriate punishment, the spectrum. We are way too far on the leniency than we are on the uh, toward the cruelty. Absolutely. Yeah, but I, I don't think you have to go full on uh, cruelty to to uh, put a if not a stop, uh, put a great reduction to this sort of criminality. Why do these mm. people do it? Because it's incentivized. It's just a yeah. calculation. If I get caught. I get a slap on the wrist. I get a tour of the police station. I get another try tomorrow. If I get caught, my life is over. If I get caught, or at least you, you bring back like some sort of three strikes rule, some way of making sure that these habitual criminals are not out on the street victimizing people every single day. You yeah. have to chop off hands to achieve that. You can actually be very humane and, and get that effect. But, uh, you know, I, I you pull in a direction. Do I want to say the right direction? You're pulling in a better direction than the forces in power currently. How about that? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, Robin D. Banks, the McMichael should have invested in a gamer word pass because sometimes you run out, sometimes you lose count. None of this had to happen. What do you mean by that? Wait, what? I that, I actually missed that one. Gamer you know, word? An, an, an N-word pass. Oh, wait. Oh. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> they get an N. As in Travis McMichael gets it. It's just... It baffles me that that whether or not he said the N-word would be the distinguishing factor yeah. in whether this is a federal case or not. Yeah, I know. Why does um, that matter? Why does it matter? I, again, you might find it more morally distasteful, but as a legal matter, 
Do we care if he killed him? Let's assume Travis McMichael. Let's let's assume that he intentionally murdered Ahmad Arbery, that it wasn't a complicated situation in which he was pursuing him for suspicion of committing a crime. He, he just wanted to chase him and kill him. That's what he was doing. Does it does it matter if he hated his outfit or if he hated the color of his skin? Neither would be. Of course not. And it's not going to be equally applied. And isn't that what the law is, is all about? Like, they're not going to do anything about this jogger car driver. It, nobody intentionally kills another person or commits murder against another person for the right reason. By definition, murder is for the wrong reason. Yeah. So yeah, why, the exactly. f- why do we care about separating out the bad reasons to kill someone? It just makes yeah. no sense. I know. I know. It's retarded. Donate 2K. Paraphrasing a favorite lefty meme, if guns were regulated like cars, the shotgun would have been convicted, not Travis McMichael. Trespassing is a felony if you're a January 6th protester. That's true. Well, fair point. (laughs) I suppose there are those cases going around. It has to be noted that's in, uh, you know, federal, uh, uh, a federal jurisdiction, and this is Georgia's jurisdiction, but uh, I, I will acknowledge federal trespassing is certainly a precedent that's been set. Jacko, I'm eager to hear Matt's thoughts on the 100% egalitarian and merit-based society in the movie I watched with my five-year-old. This hmm. what? This movie's so violent. Why'd you let your kid watch it? And she was hella into it, but more scared of exploding ships than brain-sucking bugs. Yeah, I, bet yeah, she I suppose I probably her. should have, for, for as much as I ripped like Sandra Bullock kicking guys' asses and other female combat scenes that we've seen, I really didn't get into that in my review. Um. Well, I don't know. Was this pure egalitarian? Were those, I suppose there were, there were women like the scene where, um, what's her face? The, the, the woman who loves Des, but he initially doesn't like her back. She challenges that, uh, boot camp sergeant guy. Oh yeah. And just the gets her ass kicked. Incredibly disappointing tits. <laughs> like I've never been more disappointed in a movie disrobing than I was in that. Fair enough. So um, I don't, I don't know. Was that a meritocracy? Because it didn't seem like the female soldiers were especially competent or were they? Maybe I missed that point. I mean, they were more competent than the average woman would be. Um, but it was just like everybody gets thrown into the same situation. You know, you had to you, you remember you had to um, like file with the government if you wanted to have children or something like that. Oh, maybe I missed that detail. I don't know. They were talking about it in the shower. Hmm. Um, I thought that was outright bizarre. That was a really the showering together thing. It was a really uncomfortable scene, not just because I was watching it with my parents, but just thinking. Oh my of gosh, the, I, I bet there were so many uncomfortable scenes just, with your parents. <laughs> just because uh, the idea of like adult of adult men and women showering together in, I guess in this case, something of a workplace context, or even if you just think about it in your local gym, that is the stuff that we're headed toward because there are no differences between men and women. Men are women and women are men, yeah. assuming they decide to be. So yeah, uh, that, that there's just... Um, just a gut level rejection to that that this is this is something that shouldn't happen and why why shouldn't it happen well maybe we don't want a military who's uh you know banging each other by night which is exactly the situation that developed that in the movie and that we're in now in this country <laughs> right maybe that doesn't make for the the fittest most prepared most ready military if we just mix women, men and women together and expect them not to take some downtime together yeah uh, that's going to be it's going to cause a problem um escoterica unbound based on tonight's topics i worried you were going to participate in meme holding the the waukesha help me out waukesha you were right waukesha okay i i always want to say waukesha and i've heard some (laughs) on news so many times that it's like way too late in the game to be mispronouncing this just remember Um, walk like uh walk to waukesha 
I don't know why I'm having such a hard time with this. I'm retarded. It's A15. Um, we can't let that happen. Normalizing terrorism is second only to eliminating self-defense as an attack on human rights. Yeah, this is totally going to get memory hold. It's already memory hold. We talked about that on our stream, um, me and Felix, Felix and I. And it's like, well, I mean, would I... The strictest definition of terrorism is uh, violence committed with a political aim. Do, do we have a political aim 100% established here? I mean, there's lean, there's suggestion of that and, and there's basis in his some of his uh, social media posts. I'm open to the argument otherwise that this was not a politically motivated attack. I just, I want the thorough investigation and the evidence to be presented. The guy's in custody. I, yeah. I suppose he probably doesn't want to incriminate himself and he has every right not to per our justice system. Um, but presumably you can ask him, why did you do this? And if the evidence is as overwhelming against him as it should be, perhaps he would tell us why in exchange for some sort of plea agreement or something like that. We we have to know why he did immunity this. Immunity deal. And we, we don't have to know. We still don't know what the details around Stephen Paddock. Like sometimes things just yeah. get memory hold and we never find out what happened. Yeah. Um, I assume this is racial though. Uh, J Val 90. I'm waiting for the mainstream media to describe the Charlottesville incident as tragedy caused by a Dodge challenger. Yeah. I'd love this to, this to be on both sides. Robin D banks. Yeah. Waukesha wasn't a massacre. It was an accident. Brooks just crashed into a person more than 60 times with six deaths and over 40 injuries. It was just an accident though. Right. Right. Yeah. Totally. I can't say I've ever accidentally pulled into a, an active parade driving around. I certainly Never? didn't hit the gas hard if I did. I've definitely, um, you turn the wrong way onto a one way or something like that. I've done stuff like that before. Yeah. But, uh, no, I've never. And when I've realized I'm in a situation like that, where I've made the totally incorrect driving decision, uh, hitting the gas and flooring it out of there, unless I have a clear pathway of escape is not uh, the option I usually choose. No, he wasn't an old man or no. like a black woman or any other person, an Asian <laughs> okay. woman that might have plausible deniability. Um, you know, well, we have man. seen those cases. Remember, the, wasn't there a case with a bunch of uh, Priuses, Prii, in uh, prior years where the gas pedals were defective? There was like an old what? man who, yeah, there was an old man who floored it into uh, a building or a gathering of people. There were a few cases like that. Hmm. Truculent Phillips Brooks drove through barricades and ignored a cop telling him to stop twice. Lots of angles. He speeds up into the marchers, then continues through a larger crowd news. He was just out for a jog. Mm. I know. Oh, um, Robin D banks. I'm a stop being negative for a beat. Matt, I'm trying to camo paint my airsoft fishing pole. If you know what I mean, any suggestions on technique, what brand of spray paint to use? Grateful for any input. Um, I've, I've not actually done any kind of custom spray paint job. I had a few Cerakote jobs done by shops, but uh, I wouldn't be able to offer insight on that. I am not a great spray paint mind, whether you're talking about uh, fishing rods or anything else. So I would uh, I would consult the old YouTube tutorials on that one. I'm sorry Good. I can't be a better help, but best of luck and thanks for supporting the show. Matthew Rowley just wanted to drop by and scream, go blue and screw the entire state of Ohio. Uh, what's that about? What happened in Ohio? I don't know. Oh, go blue uh, as in Michigan, right? Uh, Michigan beat Ohio State today. Is this some sort of black Football. man sporting event? Okay. Foot <laughs> okay. All right. Da Although I my, my husband does watch this Gonzaga basketball, and there are like a lot of white guys in there. A surprising um, number of white Gonzaga guys. has a history of, of that. I wonder if it's because of their Catholic school status or why was it? What was that mustache man who played on Gonzaga all those years? Adam Morrison or something like that. He's the guy I remember. 
Is he super handsome? Because there was this really handsome guy. No, he's like a weird, huge white guy with a mustache. And he didn't do oh. very well in the NBA. Oh. Let me make sure oh. I'm talking about the right guy. Oh. This is like 10 years ago, man. This is how much I pay oh, attention. Oh, 10 years to... ago? No. It's how much I've I pay attention to basketball. begrudgingly watched five games in the last two years. Oh, he is still playing basketball, though. He, uh... He's active in no now he's a coach he's a high school coach now but he did play in like Chinese basketball or something or some foreign league it was it was Serbia anyway I know everybody comes here for the great uh, professional basketball takes so there is this new guy on Gonzaga who is he might be the most unattractive man I've ever seen you got to see him he looks just like Lurch you should Google this while I'm reading this well what do I Google Gonzaga basketball player ugly that yeah he's like so tall and thin he looks like slender man well, the first result is Adam Morrison. Like I was just talking about. Look at the lineup for this year. Um, David C. Just wanted to give you all money and say YouTube tells me action not allowed in comment section, but I will take my money so I can tell you this. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate it. Is it Kevin Love? No, Kevin Love is uh he's uh, also a giant white guy basketball player. Well, I think he I still plays for the Cavaliers. You know, Kevin Love is from um he went to high school in the same place that I went to college. Okay, can you take over some of these? I have to find out now. This is driving me crazy. Okay, you Kevin find the Broussard. name of him, and okay. I will keep reading. What's uh, I'm on Kevin Broussard. Kevin Broussard. It's going to take me a second to find Lurch, that. I will Gonzaga. do that. Okay, here we go. Watching on a delay, so I don't know if this has been brought up, but Sargon has a video on Starship Troopers, specifically the movie's politics compared to the books. 10 out of 10 would recommend. I know he had a video on uh, Demolition Man as well, so I should, I should get into these, and perhaps he'll be able to explain to me uh, the movie's presentation compared to the books. Or I should just read the book eventually. But thank you for that. And I'll uh, I'll check it out. Robin D. Banks says, it's not the Omicron variant, uh, but it can't be the G variant. We could call it, can we call it the Winnie the Pooh variant? I'm pretty sure that's banned in China too. Hal Edwards says, yeah, really? just call the next mutation the Winnie the Pooh variant. Yeah, here we go. The Winnie hey. variant. Can we do that? Darth Crypto says, did you uh, see my work on the Rittenhouse case? I emailed you a listener helped save Kyle's life. You should be proud. Uh, no, I, I did not. Uh, but, uh, if you're, if you're working on, um, digging up the truth in the case, uh, all the best to you. Thank you, man. Appreciate it. Okay. His name is Chet Holmgren and he is one ugly bastard. Okay. Um, I hope he's like slaying hot chicks for be- being on a basketball team because <laughs> dude's really unattractive. He does look like he needs to eat at least. I don't know, 20 cakes and maybe some pie on top of it. I don't, he probably burns like 7,000 calories a day. He looks like the sort of dude that's about seven feet tall and weighs 140. Okay, he's seven foot one and he weighs 180 pounds. 180? Mm-hmm. I find that shocking, but he is tall as hell, so I guess I could believe it. He's a foot and an inch taller than you are. Think about yeah. that. Yeah, but he's also a lot lighter than I am, which is, he's... That's crazy. Dude's dude's a freak show. I don't know what to say. I like a man that's like impossibly tall and I'm like, yeah, nope. Um, who were you on? Uh, Levi Smith says I took Greek in seminary. The letter X is pronounced like Kai. Oh, so I got bad Intel. Kai X is the first letter in the word. Uh, Christos where the word, uh, where we get the word Christ Greek lesson for the day. God bless y'all. I got bad Intel that said it was pronounced Psy or Zai. Isn't Kai C H I in the Greek alphabet? I don't know. I'm not a great Greek alphabet mind clearly, but, uh, appreciate the Intel. Well, now I feel dumb. Janet Partridge is up next. Uh, can you read that while I find her? Uh, those that question 
are those that create and invent. Yeah, exactly. You want a stagnant, stupid society? Don't question anything. It's not just yeah. about securing your freedom. It's about advancing human quality of life. You question everything. You develop cool new things. Matt Grendel <sighs> says, true. get DeSantis into the White House ASAP. LGBFJB, which of course is secret hateful code for uh, the current president of the United States. Let's go, Brandon. <laughs> Let's go, Brandon. Warrior Biatch, my favorite show ever. We need more of Matt and Blonde. Absolutely love you guys. By the way, Omicron is moronic. He Omicron, I guess. But it. <laughs> some people, people. My wife was talking about pronouncing it Omnicorn because that's the way she sees it, and a bunch of other people do. Really? Yeah. She dyslexic. It just looks like Omnicorn, I guess. I don't know. I guess it is pronounced Kai. Hmm. Um, incompetent hands. Riddle me this. I lead you. Um, I'm inanimate, but I'm attracted to kids. I fold easily. What am I looking for the answer on Tippy stream? <laughs> okay. What is... Uh, I'm, I'm uh, I can find that. The answer to the riddle is a map. Ah, get it? The joke is that they're... <laughs> the joke there is that Biden is inanimate. I guess a lot of people are identifying as maps. I identify as a compass. Catch offending monster pedos and slice scalp. <laughs> now, if are you familiar with the term map in this context? Uh, it's a it's a minor attracted person. Exactly. It's a politically correct euphemism for uh, pedophile. Really? No. I, I guess the term is to be as fair to the maps as possible. They're only attracted. They don't act on it. There was a big controversy with a college professor in that. Oh, yeah, I saw that. Yeah. yeah. Um, should we do some tippy stream? Because we're against yeah. the, up against the clock. Yeah. Uh, Raggle Fraggle says, uh, sorry, I haven't been around for the show the past couple of weeks. I've been enjoying my honeymoon in Hawaii with my I new saw, wife. You lucky bastard. I hope the regulars of the chat will understand. FYI, the amount of masks out here is so depressing. Saw some on the beach. Lots of question marks. Well, congratulations to you and your lovely bride. I hope you're enjoying your honeymoon. And uh, as far as masks on the beach, I don't know what to tell you, but we we wanted to go to Hawaii as well, uh, but it was like impossible at the time. Oh, yeah. I think you still have to quarantine. Yeah. Maybe um, Raggle Fraggle, you might let me know what your process was like, because maybe we'll get there eventually. But uh, but all the best, man. Enjoy your trip and congrats. Mitch Clark says back in STL, uh, St. Louis, I presume, mm -hmm. Maryland yeah. Heights near Ameristar Casino. Does that sound familiar to yeah. you? you? Okay. Yeah. Way better than Washington. When did Blonde last visit? It's changed so much in six years. Almost no masks here, too. More boog bucks coming in next week. Come on, you snow apes. <laughs> you want to live forever, nuke kid. <laughs> I don't know. Have you been yeah. back recently? Maybe it's improved. The last time I was back was in 2015. Been a bit. Yeah. N-word, F-word is the name of this next chatter, <laughs> which was the uh, spelling bee bit by uh, Donald Glover and his friends. There was once, oh God, it's a poem. There was once a jogger looking to score who broke through a construction site's door. With a surprised look on his face, he saw the McMichaels give chase. That jogger ain't gonna jog no more. Well, I think Susan will allow that one. Speaking, Christ, man, the next username is no knickers, as in <gasps> pants. Allowed as in audible. Agree about the kids suffering the most. All the adults sucked uh, in this morally reprehensible shoot, although legally okay. Uh, diminish your ego. Go to your home and lock the door. Uh, lock the douchebag out. Cooler heads should have prevailed. Seek 
Kyle. I saw Kyle uh, went down to Mar-a-Lago yeah. and met with Donald Trump this week. That was uh, pretty crazy. Um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, I think that's a great example of the law and morality not being the same thing. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So uh, I agree Both with those that, cases. Uh, that point. Yeah. Redicus says you must watch Sargon's breakdown. The director of the movie tried to make a satire, but ended up showing us uh, showing a society had a moral order that had moral obligations and a society based on true voluntary voluntarism or volunteerism uh, service guarantees citizenship bugs started it. All right. I'll, I'll, I, um, you know, I like Sargon's analysis, so I'll have to give it a listen. We're good over here. Oh, okay. Um, oh, I just clicked out. Okay. Uh, a Denigan. I'm now convinced Matt has great value taste buds and a white pill. My neighborhood uh, does community yard work, um, raking and moving snow all together. Get out and build communities. That's true. Uh, yep. that would that could be like a fair accusation. Um, <laughs> but then again, I just I. Th- it's not that I am not a fan of supposedly quality things. It's really the snobbery that drives me nuts. You know, if, yeah. if you're a person who loves uh, an an almond uh, an almond sour at your local brewery or something like that, and I'll indulge, that's fine. If you love a fine steak down at your steakhouse, that's fine. I got no hate for either of those things. It's just when you you get snobbish and look down on other people's tastes who want to enjoy a Coors Light and a spicy chicken sandwich from Popeyes. Ain't no shame in that. <laughs> Andrew Pollock, I finally got to take my Walther PPK380 um, to the range this weekend. Definitely my new favorite pistol that I own. What's your two favorite pistol that you own? Happy Thanksgiving. I don't know anything about guns. Mm. I like our Glock. That's a revolver, isn't it? No, but it can be. (laughs) Um, It counts as a handgun. Whether you're you're talking about a revolver or a Glock, it counts. Okay. And it's surely Uh, your favorite, whatever it is. I don't know. I don't know anything about guns. Um, well, uh, as a relatively new to the P365 person, a uh, big fan so far. Um, so that is the only SIG handgun that, that I own. And I've had good luck with that. As far as like do all gun, to be fair to that SIG, that has not malfunctioned on me at all. But as far as like do all gun that that you can really uh, customize and that is reliable and will shoot. I'm convinced I could shoot 45 out of my Glock 19 and it would function just fine. I've never tried it and I probably don't, won't. Don't. <laughs> I don't know anything about guns. and I know you're not supposed I'm to do that. I'm just saying like I don't care what garbage you put in that gun. It's going to fire and it's going to work. And uh, so I, I would have to um, I would have to pick those two out of the favorite uh, as the favorites in my safe. But my, uh, my handgun collection is not that wide, so I don't have that many interesting handguns. Um, Would I be catch up your steak though? No, 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 I'm not that kind of monster. I don't do that. Uh, Can I also nominate my, uh, my, my single action uh, 22 revolver? You know, if you just want to like go to the range with a cowboy gun, very fun. You uh, dual wield your 22, Single action revolvers at the range. That's good fun. Um, so I, that's what I would say. And enjoy your new gun. Um, on that note, I really don't want to read the next. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Never mind. Oh, good. Okay. It's way up there. Um, Semper Ad Meliora. There was a 30% increase in murders in 2019 to 2020 and drug overdoses in the U.S. have now topped 100,000 in 2021. There were 70,000 in 2019, but we're supposed to be more scared of COVID. It makes no sense. Yeah. And a lot of people are. I know. 
We are at the bottom of the hour. Are you on any kind of time constraint or are you good? I hear my baby crying. We do have a lot of super chats left. I can carry on if you need to if you need to step out or, you know, do do whatever you got to do. Let me just do a few more. Mac Grundle, my Grundle says, used to think Australia was chat AF. So disappointing. I know. I know. Isn't this a wake up call? Yeah. So disappointing. Thank you for your support for the show, too. I am not going to be niggardly. Um, I better go relieve my husband and not in the fun way. I can hear my baby <laughs> freaking out downstairs. Um, thank you guys so much for the show. And let's see. It's Leon the Professional this week. Maybe I'll it watch is. that tonight. All right. Well, uh, uh, I appreciate it. All right. We will catch you back on Wednesday. See you guys on Wednesday. Bye. All right. I will um, finish out super chat for you guys quickly here. Uh, Andrew Pollock says my dad texted my mom saying, I think we need to get a car, a car seat for the P dash nut peanut. My dad has been very distanced due to past harm. Seeing my dad's heart soften to becoming a grandpa is such a blessing. Well, that's yeah, that's good to hear. It's been uh, I, I Watching my parents interact with my son is really cool. Seeing them interact as grandparents rather than as parents is is certainly an experience and something I've enjoyed very much. Uh, and of course, um, you know, the the relief that they offer when the, the kid won't stop screaming is much appreciated as well. So all the best to you and your family. Greg Olson says uh, in Starship Troopers, why don't any of the spaceships shoot weapons? Uh, that was one of the parts that really confused me. Also, what did you think about the co-ed shower scene? We got into that a little bit earlier, so I won't repeat, but yeah, totally bizarre. And I guess I didn't notice the lack of like uh, airborne or spaceborne warfare. I guess they really didn't have like flight combat. Sort of an oddity. Um, Nathan says, not sure why I'm consistently surprised that you guys have a full show's worth of bullshit to discuss every week, but I'm happy you're here. Also, check out I Hypocrite's cake, cake, uh, take on the jogger case. Pretty compelling. Uh, sure. If you if you have a link handy, I can check that out, too. Uh, go ahead and send me an email. And on the topic of emails, I've been, you know, as I mentioned, I took the opportunity to step away from all the uh, work related stuff for the holiday. So if you've sent me an email in the last week or so, um, just be advised that I'm a little bit behind, but I intend to try to catch up tomorrow. So thank you for that. Uh, Semper Admeliora says worried that someone would invite <laughs> you invited to Thanksgiving dinner. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Can I make this joke? This is a Jew joke. Do I have permission? Susan worried that someone you invited to Thanksgiving dinner might be a Jew. You can just ask them to take their coat off before they come inside. So you can check for their armband. <laughs> okay. Is this, uh, well, I don't know. Is that any more or less Nazi than some of the things that we were just advised by the CBS psychologist? You must show your papers to, uh, to attend this particular gathering in my home. Joshy boy says, uh, who would have thought Hitler was actually, uh, Australian and not German. Yeah, a common misunderstanding. He was of uh, Aussie descent. Jacob says Australian dictators, Austrian dictators, same difference. <laughs> yeah, same theme. Yeah. Jimny P says can confirm the Northern Territory camp is mandatory. The Northern Territory COVID hotline and from the uh, their CDC mandatory for all positive cases in any close context without a suitable place to quarantine. Oh, so maybe that is that the qualifier? If you don't have a suitable place to quarantine, then it's mandatory. But again, suitable place to quarantine in whose judgment? The states. They get to decide if your dwelling is suitable or not. And if not, they forcibly extract you into their suitable camp. Unreal. And thanks for thanks for um, the clarification on it. Greg Olson says, Mobid Syed's YouTube channel 
uh, Durbin Medical Lectures. I'm butchering that, certainly, but uh, provides balanced information about all things COVID. His latest video on the Omicron variant are good. Allison Morrow is also a great resource. Yeah, she does great work. I'm, I'm familiar with her, and um, she's uh, she's you know she's honest in her assessments, and she's always got great guests who know a lot about the topic. Uh, Levi Thornton says, "Hey Matt, love your show. I was hoping you could challenge challenge listeners on your show to check out." Uh, their Walmarts for actual Christmas decorations. I found zero shepherds, angels, nativity scenes, or Christ-oriented texts at mine. I would, I um, I I would not know off the top of my head. But yeah, if, uh, if people hear this and you uh, are inspecting your local Walmart for Christmas-themed decorations and they are absent. Let me know. It's kind of an interesting trend. Thank you for supporting the show. Skip Mayfield says the dumpster defenders are lower class white trash the custody battle seemed like upper class white trash yeah i suppose i don't know similar situations where it's like man i know you guys don't have a duty to walk away from this and i wouldn't argue that that you should necessarily at least as a matter of law at least how you have a legal duty to walk away that said there are many situations in which there is wisdom in walking away and i think both of these situations were um were such cases Stable Chaos says bringing a gun out to protect against a father coming to retrieve his son is self-defense, but for a repeat criminal who they reasonably believed had a stolen gun is not shitty takes tonight. Well, let me see if I can break down what you're saying here. Bring a gun out to protect against a father coming to retrieve his son is self-defense. I don't think that that's necessarily fair. He does have a right to defend his property. And as we're talking about in the case, just because it's perfectly legally square doesn't mean I morally agree with every decision that was made there, as we were just discussing. I think that there were mistakes made, poor decisions made. As a matter of law, he's probably protected. But I don't think that's a fair characterization of, of what I said or what we said. But for the repeat criminal who they reasonably believed had a, had stolen a gun is not should he take tonight. Well, as far as I understand, um, Travis McMichael testified to you're talking about a gun that was taken out of his truck, I, I believe, if I'm understanding your uh, your statement there. And Travis McMichael admitted in his testimony he he didn't have knowledge of or necessarily even reason to believe that it was Ahmaud Arbery who did it. It could have been. I'm not saying that that's impossible, but that was not necessarily the basis for the pursuit either. Remember, the basis for the pursuit was. I suppose it's not mutually exclusive. Both can be, but they have this direction from the property owner. Watch out for my property. On that basis, Ahmad Arbery jogs by. They pursue him. It's possible that Ahmad Arbery stole him, uh, stole that gun. But again, you have an issue of proximity here too. It's like if you reasonably believe someone stole your gun months ago, does that give you justification for a citizen's arrest of that person months later? I don't. You make the argument. I don't know that I'm necessarily comfortable with that standard. You're going to have you're going to create a situation in which people are confronting, pointing guns at, detaining people all over. And I think that becomes very murky in terms of who's defending who at that point. So I don't think you're way off base, but I want to be perfectly specific or at least as specific as I can about what our opinions on these cases are. Thanks for supporting the show. Pep says, it's amazing the difference, uh, the difference in your studios uh, over the, over the years in September, 2017, as of, uh, as of, uh, so you're looking back at the old videos, which you should never do. Hope you had a great Thanksgiving. I threw out my back. So I spent the day on the couch. Sorry to hear that. Um, I wouldn't ever call <laughs> uh, studio is a very complimentary word. Uh, I have been in glorified bedrooms my entire career, if you want to call it that. And, um, I wouldn't have it any other way. You know, I think um, seriously speaking, the balance that you try to go for is something that 
that looks good enough without being of like a CNN studio polish. I want a little bit of character, you know, I want something that looks a little duct tapey because that's, that's part of the appeal. Um, and I don't, you know, it's, I'm in my own house. I want it to be like my own house, you know? Uh, thank you for, uh, for tuning in and supporting and all the best to your family. Nathan Simpson says Highland is based blonde misses the whole point of the movie, which is a poorly written critique of its source material. The book is super based. Uh, maybe, um, neither one of us have read the book from what I understand. So, uh, perhaps there's, uh, there's more to it than we know. Rogue thought says our freedoms are in the hands of the sheep, not leaders media, but those who blindly follow the sheep allow endorse the propaganda to move us to authoritarianism. Can these people be reached? Uh, no, <laughs> as we were talking about, if you, if you're still allowing yourself to be duped and allowing yourself to be controlled in the Omicron variant context, you'll allow these people to direct you off a cliff. They, they'll tell you to jump off a bridge and you'll do it. So I think we're really at a turning point here. Either the people that I think the people that are capable of waking up to this have already awoken the people that, uh, cannot have not and won't. So We'll see a continued split. Stellar J. Atkins says ST uh, Starship Troopers was a fun movie, but made to mock the fascism in the book. The book was much better. I, I'm sure that's probably the case. VV says the prime on my contact, even though he got the vaccine, submitted his religious exemption uh, and told his employer to mind their effing business. He fought the fight with me and we're still employed. Well, that's great to hear. Uh, and good for you for standing up for what you believe in and for standing up for yourself. Appreciate it. Uh, Sean Collins says, read Robert, uh, Robert Highland Starship Troopers. You won't be disappointed. It, it has to be better than the movie for sure. Grand Inquisitor says, is there a book? Is there a book? Of course, there's a book. It was written by Robert E. Highland. Sargon did a whole video series about it. You Philistines. Well, I mentioned that in the introduction to in the introduction to the bit. I think the question was, what is um, what was the title of the book? We've known about the book throughout the whole review. Uh, so we're not, we're not that blind to the context. Thank you, man. Uh, Robert Lockard says, let's go, let's go branding blonde 2021. We need better branding. Yeah. Esoteric unbound. The narrative pacing was terrible. The action sequences were stupid. The examination of the morality of war was juvenile. The anti-Americanism was in your face, but other than that, the movie was complete crap. Uh, yeah, I'm, <laughs> I'm pretty close to your evaluation. I might've got a little more enjoyment out of it than that, but yeah, not, it was not a positive experience for me. Willie Brown MG says my family owns a store four doors down from the, uh, the Lululemon in San Jose that was looted really fun paying $40,000 a month in rent to be on, uh, the only street in the city with, without homeless people and still have, uh, a, a looting problem. Yeah. Uh, I'm sorry to hear it, man. I, 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 I feel so conflicted about a lot of this stuff. Obviously I, I'm not, I would never mock the individual business owner or operator or employee who's victimized. And I don't know the voting habits of the individual, but by and large for California, I have to wonder when people who vote this way repeatedly will finally confront the reality that their voting habits have consequences. And it's always an excuse. Oh, it's, it's something else. It's some other factor. At least we aren't Republicans. At least we aren't this. At least we aren't that. There's got to be a, a reality check at some point, but they appear content to just watch their entire society decay into a hellscape and never consider the possibility that maybe they're wrong and an alternative would be better. Knuckle Hunky Buck says the left is great at branding because they have to be. We have reason on our side. They have to come up with words like maps because just calling them a pedo causes revulsion in normal, healthy people. That's true. There's kind of an element of deception inherent to it. It's probably why. 
Jimny P says suitable quarantine dwelling is just for the close contacts. Oh, okay. So if you, if you test positive, it's not even a question of suitability, but man, just if you hung out with a guy, uh, yeah, you're, you're in, you're in trouble. Thanks for the information, man. Stable chaos is fair enough. Sorry for the negativity. Love the show. Oh, you're perfectly entitled to your opinion. I, I, I'm not trying to take shots, uh, at you for that. And of course, thanks for supporting the show. Very much appreciated. Truth be told, um, both of these cases were, were and are very difficult for me to navigate. I think that um, as far as the the principle, the morality of it, how I would design, design a society, what happened with the Mod Arbor, I would probably not call a, a moral or justified citizen's arrest, though you could make the case. Um, but the law in, in question there is so unclear that even the legal case is a lot murkier than, than I thought it would be. And um, this situation in, in Texas, man, legal clarity, I think, is there. We'll find out. But uh, does not mean that the people are cool or that I want to hang out with them or that their behavior is to be uh, cheered on. So appreciate it, man. Uh, I think uh, and I'm guessing there's probably a lot of split among the audience uh, in both of those cases, people who think the McMichaels were totally justified. People who think the McMichaels were not people who think, um, teal shirt man, Chad was justified in the aggressive confrontation on behalf of his son. People who think black shirt guy, Kyle is justified if someone grabs at his gun and explicitly threatens him. So, uh, yeah, these are, um, these are important debates to have, and I appreciate your participation and support for the show. I think we're all set guys. Let me give a quick reload. And, um, if I don't stop talking, you know, I already thought it was going to be a short show. And here I am almost three hours later. Cause that's, <laughs> that's how I go. Uh, Redicus says, Oh no, I already read that one on TV stream. We're good. Thank you. Um, C2K says us widowed dads are super hot property and very dateable. Well, don't date single moms. I didn't say anything about single dads. I wouldn't make such a mistake. No, thank you, man. And uh, all the best to you and your family it's very much appreciated and uh with that we will call it a show thank you for um for hanging out with us tonight it's very much appreciated as always hope you all had a lovely thanksgiving holiday and if you uh, are in need of more listening material maybe you are still uh traveling to uh are you traveling back home or you're traveling wherever you need to go if you need more to listen to that's what i'm getting at head on over to the website that's macchristensenmedia.com you can find more on the audio platforms call in show uh replays you can find blondes uh blondes interviews we have those up as well anything else you'd like to get uh whether you'd like to check out the merch shop or send us a message or just find the show it's all over on the website that's macchristensenmedia.com you can find everything there we will be back next Sunday because if it's Sunday, sorry, Chuck Todd, it is not Meet the Press. It is the Matt and Blonde Show. Have a great week and a great night. <laughs> <laughs>